2: For IMR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imr.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: And a very good morning to you, Heels. I'm going the early crow. Oh, what about, Pat? I'm calling it the Wednesday Super Show.
3: Righto. Very, very good. We're looking forward to learning so much uh, insightful stuff that are happening in many sports.
1: Yeah, well, it's our usual goat Wednesday. Yeah. So we've got Luke Hodge in. Uh, He'll have plenty to talk about, including a a marathon tribunal hearing last night. I listened to most of this. I don't do this very often, but Benny Davis had it on in the background watching it, thinking that, you know, five o'clock start, we'd have a decision by the time the the news or the sports news went around, around about quarter to seven, but it just kept going and going and going. They were arguing about whether he could actually see the umpire in his professional peripheral vision. Yeah. Well, Um, I
3: read... uh, what, the opposition, Western Bulldogs probably presented for 13 minutes and then the Brisbane Lions for 30?
1: Well, the AFL, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it, it just kept going and going and going. Anyway, uh, he's been clear to play, and we'll talk more to Luke Hodge about that. We've got Cam Smith. It,
3: and it's split people, hasn't it, that that Eric Hipwood uh, clearance?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the, the umpire went down, and uh, look, they really wanted to know whether he could see the umpire. And he was saying, look, I've been playing sports since I was six. And I have an, you know, an immense respect for all officials. And I said that sort of thing has never even crossed my mind. Now, yeah, who said that, Eric Hipwood. Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was fascinating to listen to, actually, the, the, the you know, extreme legal argument and the quoting of the rules and, you know, subsection. Then the, then the
3: sports experience.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't had a lot of that, you know, listening to that. And it went on for quite a while last night. So the, didn't the Western Bulldog hit the ref? Hit the ump? Yeah, yeah, but uh, look, we'll, he, we'll keep going. Did he going present? Yeah, uh, no, 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 he wasn't there. <laughs> He's the one that hit the arm. <laughs> yeah, we will go to Origin Camp uh, in Warwick. Cam Smith, huge day today. They've got the street parade. They've got training. They had a dinner last night.
3: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And I think the the New South Wales team in Lismore's a cracking idea yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They're both uh, dealing in communities that have had hardship in the in the, in the past. Warwick a little further past than Lismore but they are copying it, and Lismore looks like a different place, they're saying. So.
1: Yeah, I spoke to Webby about it yesterday, obviously, the whole – he, he he is thinking that half the Darling Downs will turn out for this today. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah. right.
1: He, said, uh, he said, they've really done it tough, and he said, it's been flood after flood. He said, it's just been trouble after trouble out yeah. there. And he said, this sort of thing will and, – and that was the idea. Remember when Mel started this off? Yes. And, and I remember distinctly when they went to Bundy, to my hometown, and I went up and actually covered it. Uh, and what they did for the spirits up there, they, they don't bring money, they don't bring food, they don't bring, you know, but they just bring joy. Yeah, acknowledgement. Yeah. We know you're here. Yeah.
3: And we and we love it. We love our state. Yeah. Really, really good. Munster's not there. What not?
1: Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I have got to think that maybe this shoulder injury is just a little trickier than we thought. They, you know, he keeps saying they, uh, the boys are having a shot at him. For being a drama queen and all that sort of thing, saying oh, the shoulder injury is not as bad, but uh, he stayed back. He's he's remained in Brisbane. You've got to think that'll be all about rehab on the shoulder. Mm. But the re- now the reason I've gone the crow on the uh, the super show today, yes, is that along with Cam Smith and Lou Hodge, we've also got the Socceroos coach Graham yeah. Arnold. Yeah. A really good a big up. announcement yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we knew that the, the, both the Matildas and the Socceroos were coming. So the Socceroos are going to play two games against New Zealand, one here on the 22nd, and then three days later over in Auckland. And that will be their final preps. I wonder. I wonder if they can organise a friendly once they get to Qatar for the World Cup. But, look, he was very strong yesterday, Graham Arnold, and said, look, we're not content. I know we've got through to our fifth straight World Cup and we did it in, in the most dramatic of fashions and all that sort of thing. But he said, there's only been two Australian teams that have won matches at World Cups. And he said, we want to be the third. Yeah. He said, we want to win, we want to win and we want to advance. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's mm. really good.
3: And that's what Isla Tamlonovic, Tamlionovic has got to uh, got to take into her next round.
1: Yeah. So, that's uh, Riva She could win Wimbledon, can't she? She could win this. She fine. could go the whole way. I mean, particularly with Sreontic out of the tournament now. Hey, Novak was pushed all the way as well. Oh. Five sets by Yannick Sinner. He was down two sets to love. So we've got Brett Phillips talking about that. He's a busy man, Brett Phillips. I was listening to SENQ on the way in this morning. They won't let before him Before I picked you up. Won't let him go. No, yeah, no, he just keeps going. But he must never sleep, Brett Phillips. Yeah. He's a marvel. Just after Absolute morning tea, marvel. mate. Take and a nap. look, just on a... Uh, and I don't want to be down, but I think this is 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 better news. I spoke to Robbie Heathcote last night, right. Around about news time, and he said, "Paddy," he said, "This is," he said, "It's so confronting, walking into an ICU." He mm-hmm. said, "It'd be years since I've been anywhere around that," and he said, "I went up to see Leah." He said, "With permission from her family." that I went up and and saw Leah Kilner yesterday, who we know had that that, that awful fall at Grafton on Sunday and has been battling really hard since. And he said it was just, he said there was a deal of encouragement. Yeah. He said the whole racing community has rallied so hard around this. They've got a GoFundMe page. We've got a little link that we we can send our best wishes to her, uh, you know, as owners of one of the horses that she rides. But he said, you know, it was the same old thing. You know, can you react? And he held the finger out and she squeezed his finger. And he said, Oh, mate, he said, and you know, just about brought me to tears. And he said, We've got, you know, she's got a long fight ahead as Leah Kilner, but uh, the whole of the racing industry is behind her. So Mm, um, I
3: think they're just monitoring for head injuries, continuing head injuries, but they've cleared her of that spinal damage, which they were really worried about. So that's Mm. unreal.
1: The other thing we'll talk to Brett Phillips about, uh, which is also alarming, from overnight, police have charged Nick Kyrios with assault. ACT Police. It relates to an incident from December last year with his former girlfriend, and the police have confirmed that a 27-year-old Watson man. So that's obviously a suburb of Canberra to face the ACT Magistrates Court on August two. Uh, a barrister representing uh, Mr. Kyrios Jason Moffat, has told the Canberra Times that in the context, it's, it, it's in the context of a domestic relationship. The nature of the allegation is serious mm. and Mr. Kyrgios takes the allegation very seriously, but he has no comment as it is before the courts at this time. So uh, this charge uh, carries a, a maximum jail sentence of two years. So we oh, yeah. uh, we await his his quarterfinal at Wimbledon tonight with uh, ch- assault ch- an assault charge now hanging over his head.
3: And... Uh uh, his management team even uh, put out a statement saying these charges are serious and we're treating them that way and we'll mm. let you know, we'll keep you in the loop. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's a nice admission at least, not not sweeping anything under the carpet, but uh, fingers crossed that everything's not too nasty.
1: And as I said, uh, Novak has survived a real scare. He spoke afterwards, took a toilet break after dropping the first two sets to the Yannick Center, <laughs> said, said he had a look in the mirror and uh, gave himself a talking to. And has come out and and blazed through the final three sets. At least he
3: didn't get his wobbly legs. (laughs) Remember (laughs) in Australia, the Australian Open, oh, can't feel my legs, (laughs) can't feel my legs, and he got another time off. Oh, God.
1: Almost. (laughs) Here's Novak after a a very, very important win for him.
4: Exciting match to be part of. Uh, Not that exciting for me the first two sets, but, you know, after that, I uh, kind of played a new match, to be honest, from the start of the third. I, I played the three really very solid very high quality tennis sets from the very beginning of the third when i broke his serve early i felt uh, you know that i re- that i found my rhythm and tempo on the on the shots and uh, yeah it was it was two different kind of matches and i felt completely different from the start of the third
1: all right, how will Curious go tonight? How will Isla Tomljanovic go tonight? We'd love to hear from you. thirteen thirteen fifty five 13 is the Brighton Homes open line, or you can text us on that Becker Watt Lawyers text line, 0467 736 736. We want your opinions, we want your questions. And uh, as I said, we've got three really exciting guests uh, coming up today. Luke Hodge and Cameron Smith, both here for half an hour. So if you've got questions for them on anything AFL or Origin or NRL, uh, today's yeah. the day to call.
3: You know, there's unknowns everywhere in those lot. Um, well, how, how does Sinner C- feel? You know, he comes back out of the restroom and, God, where did that hit? Where did that shot come from? <laughs> like, he f- found his timing. He thought, I've got him today. I've got him. He's not hitting the ball that well at all. And boom, Novak comes back and just puts his mind to something and he gets it into the fifth and wins the fifth. So, So Sinner must be thinking a bit like Demon, mm. the Demon for us, two match points and he's out. Um, so that was disappointing. I What wasn't disappointing, Paddy, is I watched England bat oh, and yes. chase down those runs against India. A very good attack of India. And the wicket was cracked at Edgbaston. and they had a ball swinging. They swapped the ball very soon into last night's play. So they were taking a real risk on the ball, Ooh. the Indians. Uh, anyway, it didn't matter. Th- these guys are in such good form. Nothing is going to get through, through them. They reckon they've batted nearly the whole summer route and – uh, Bairstow, and not played a false shot. Mm. They've never had the sentiment as commentators of saying, what do you play that for? Not once through the whole summer. So they were again at it. Root 142, uh, Bairstow 114, both not out. Got the job done, played shots all around the ground. Nothing fazed them.
1: So this was the held over series, and that yeah. series finishes up two all yeah, against India. Yeah, they saved
3: India. the series.
1: Yeah, and, and India were, were in the box seat for this for probably three and a half days. Of the five, and Root and Best have just taken it away from them. It's a and, record chase yeah.
3: for England in history, 378
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, for three. And they knocked over those 119 runs in two hours. Yeah, It's incredible. It's really, really impressive stuff. It's the best English batting I've ever seen.
1: As we know, McCollum has taken over as coach, and they're calling it Baz Ball. And uh, Joe Root was asked about Baz Ball. The
4: first time I heard it was before this game, um, actually, so... Now we've we've not been uh, using that. Um, Ben's wanted us to be entertainers. He's mentioned tr- trying to be rock stars on the field. Um, so it's more just been about trying to have fun and um, really relish every opportunity you get to to go and showcase what you're about and um, you know put in a put on a show for everyone. Job, you and Johnny feel like rock stars today. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to feel or look like a rock star. Um, But for 10 seconds, I might have done today. That's what the little (laughs) pinky was about. Ben watched the Elvis Presley film the other day, um, and he's been doing that all week, so it's a little tribute to him. Mm, Certainly
3: (laughs) deflecting the Baz stuff, aren't they, to the captain, the captain, Ben Stokes, who's probably got a very similar attitude to uh, Baz McCullum.
1: Hey, I listened to a couple of uh, great interviews yesterday with the the Origin team, both Paddy Carrigan and Tom Gilbert, uh, are yeah. very easy listeners. Uh, you know, you can, you can chat, listen to them chat for quite a while, but I was fascinated by Tom Gilbert. Um, he, he has Origin memories uh, as kids. Mm-hmm. He's got a twin brother who he calls his best mate, obviously a family that is so supportive because the family were there for his jersey presentation the other night. But uh, Tom Gilbert, who is the newbie, on the block, thrown into an origin decider so that there gets no more pressure in rugby league and uh, he said, yeah, I've got wonderful origin memories.
4: Yeah, I was um, very fortunate on a twin brother um, he's my best mate and um, I just remember origin nights at school and uh, me and him playing um, footy in the living room, the origin jerseys on and always getting keen and mum always making sure it was a special night for us too and um, yeah, for me, that—that's what Origin was about. Was about um, the long day on the Wednesday to the eight o'clock kickoff. I'm wearing a Maroons jersey to school, um, and for me, it was with my twin brother, and my best mate. So um, I'm pretty lucky that um, next weekend I get to go play for Queensland. But obviously, I get to have him there um, in support and support uh him.
3: I wonder how Mum made the night special. Didn't let him off homework. I wonder, yeah, boys, no. you can keep playing in the backyard today <laughs> and go and build each other out there. And cricketing families are always talking about broken windows. Mm. You know, I, I wonder if the Gilberts had broken furniture no, in the were lounge room.
1: For sure. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, they they did ask who was he in the matchup, and he said, oh, "I think I was Darren Lockyer." He said, "I obviously haven't sort of gone down that path uh-huh. since." And there was a sort of general mirth and the press conference, and that's what we're asking today. Who was your first sporting hero? Whether it be Queensland, Australia, global, uh, it doesn't really matter. But who was the first sporting hero that you loved when you were growing up? Don't forget, give us a call, Brighton Homes Open Line thirteen thirteen fifty five, and you could win a Signet Power Pack and they're valued at uh, sixty bucks. Heels, it's uh, six seventeen going on six eighteen here. Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ.
2: Imar Insurance. Get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit IMAR.com.au, Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: So today we're chasing your first sporting hero. When well, you were a Wheeler boy. Oh. Who was your first sporting hero? The
3: news agent in Wheeler <laughs> Every week they got rugby league weekend. You know, they had to wait till about Wednesday. Yeah, probably yeah, came yeah. out on Wednesday. Monday. And didn't get to Billow till Wednesday, and I had an order, and I'd pop in every afternoon. You know, Mr. Burton, is it in yet? No, it hasn't come yet. Like it was outstanding, and you'd get the player ratings, one to ten, on all the games and all the rounds, and it was fantastically strong days in the New South Wales Rugby League. Mm. So my first rugby league uh, hero, I think, maybe Ray Brannigan, when he was playing for Manly. I used to love him and Bob Fulton. Um, and Manly, and then I turned into the Roosters. My first Rugby League Week jersey, you know, mem- remember you used to buy your jerseys through yeah, yeah, Rugby yeah. League Week, and then you put a number on it, and you get a padded number on the back of it. <laughs> Mine was Ron Coote, number eight for the oh, Roosters, the who weren't man. the Roosters then. They were just decent suburbs. Yeah. Um, so. Well,
1: I was a uh, I was a, a brother's boy in Bundy, mm. so I became like a St. George follower. Why? Um, I don't know. I just we related that to related Did brothers. You? To, you know, and I, yeah, don't, don't ask me the rationale. <laughs> got no idea. No idea. Don't want to know. So I was a Chang man. Oh. Graham Langlands. Yes. Were well, you? With the big sidestep. And, I, you know, I figured I'd have a sidestep like him. But I had a, there were a couple of local ones. <laughs> you that look a bit the, like him, actually. <laughs> there are a couple of uh, local ones. You know, like the, the Bundaberg rugby league was really strong in those days. Yep. I was a ball boy. We used to play in the morning, the, your, your junior stuff. Ball boy in the afternoon, <laughs> and then, you know, if you didn't have the main match, because there'd be two senior games on, uh, if you didn't have the main match, uh, we'd sort of sneak in under the grandstands and steal people's Coke bottles yeah, from bottles, between their leagues and go and cash them in. Yeah. Oh, I think it was only threepence in my day.
3: <laughs> <Righto>. <laughs> I bought my first cricket bat uh, uh, scabbing bottles, mm. so $54. Gray nickel super short. Now, what about, um, did you, you know, when you were a ball boy, mm. did you get given a white jersey and white shorts and big black boots and long socks? No, we weren't given the boots. Oh, Bill we think... had a whole, we did in Billo. Uh-huh. And I still wore my foam pads in the side pockets of my shorts <laughs> to ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have stopped gravel rash when you played, but but uh, no, I. I I didn't do much falling over as a ball boy.
1: Well, we've got a couple of texts coming through. Love Rod Marsh growing up, boys. Just that real toughness in a tough Aussie side.
3: Yeah. He's with a lot of flair and hair. So, yeah, very much so. I I think – Greg Chapel was my first cricket one, I, I think, from memory, mm. and then, of course, Rod Marsh. As I became interested in wicketkeeping around the age of nine,
1: love you to join the conversation. The Brighton Homes Open Line thirteen thirteen fifty five. You jump on the blow, you could be uh, in there for a chance to win that fabulous Signet Power Pack. It's valued at sixty dollars now. Hills, it's that time of day, and this is not easy.
5: Stump Hills on
0: SCNQ, thanks to the Queensland Garden Expo on this weekend.
1: It is on this weekend. Yeah, Up in, yeah. in
3: Nambour, beautiful a rain the yesterday, they rang me and said, you know, it's looking fantastic. Yeah? No, they didn't ring me.
1: Well, I was going to say. <laughs> and we've been on a bit of a Lions theme this morning you after know, this long time. You know,
3: you just shattered... After the White Boots game? Yes, I was. You would have loved him running out. Oh, look at his boots. Oh, <laughs> that's mine. I'm getting a pair of those. And then it didn't work well for him.
1: I remember this, the Sats grand final too with the broken Do jaw. Do you really? Yeah, the yeah, South Sydney. yeah, I remember seeing that. On, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. It might have been black and white TV in those days. Uh, when, when I first started seven... Uh, it was black and white had only just finished. So yeah. that's how
3: long ago it is. So it's no good getting pink boots, was it? <laughs> it had to be black or white. And Langland's went the white. All for right, the replay.
1: You're, only, you're only delaying the inevitable. Yes, I am. This is not an easy one today. Name the last three different players. The last three different players to have finished an AFL season as the Brisbane Lions leading goal kicker. Last three. So the last had, three. Yeah, so we've had one that, recently. So it's, the last
3: three years, you mean? No, no but, not, Different, different, yeah. Yeah, it's so got to be, great, got great to be different.
1: Oh, so we're going back. a few times. Yeah, I can tell you in, just in the way of a hint, and I'll, I'll get bashed here, but we're going back to 2016. Boom, bash. Yeah, so and, and you've, there's three. So I want you to name the three. One's pretty obvious, so. Well, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not the point of the game, <laughs> And it's, so it's since 20,
3: what did you say, 16?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. three different players who've been the Brisbane Lions' leading goal kicker.
3: So last year's one. hmm I can't even think. I oh, know Charlie went into
1: the top 10. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Hodgie will know. We'll ask him. Is Hodgie in today, Mark, or is he still on? Oh, he's coming into the studio. He's... Of course he does. He's pretty committed. Well, it's still school holidays, isn't it? Yeah, so I I they were away
3: maybe last week.
1: Yeah, no, he'll be in today. And of course, Cam Smith uh, on the phone from Warwick, where the Queen's. I think they've got. I think they've got a really early start today. Um, um, look, I stand corrected, but I think the street parade's around eight thirty.
3: Oh, I thought eight.
1: Yeah. yeah. So they've had a big dinner last night. That, uh, that Katie Brown was up there for and uh, she was the one who, who told us that, hey, hang on a minute, we've just had a little running check here on the personnel and we can't see Munster. Mm. And then they sort of confirmed, no, uh, Munster's not here. He's staying in Brisbane for rehab on his shoulder. So there we go. There's uh, your stump heels, uh, Ian, as we go towards 6.29 and obviously the uh, 6.30 News with Vanessa. Named the li- Speaking of Lions aficionados, she'd be, she'd be able to get this one. I bet she would. Name the last three different players to have finished an AFL season as the Brisbane Lions' leading goal kicker. As I said, we'll have Hodgie along on uh, GOAT Wednesday, Luke Hodge and Cameron Smith. Uh, Very interesting to get his take on this whole Eric Hipwood decision at the tribunal last night. So they found him guilty, but they've they've only fined him $2,500. So he's free to play against the Bombers this weekend. So it was, it was a fascinating listen last night as they went through the rules and the rigmarole of, of how the incident happened and questioning uh, Mr. Hipwood. So it was, uh, yeah, I'd love to get Hodgie's take on this because it has, as you said, has split the AFL community's uh, strong opinions either way. All right, we've, uh, that's Sump Heels. Uh, this is Breakfast with Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. It's time for your 630 News with Vanessa. So, Heels. Apparently, Mark asked Vanessa this question. <laughs> As we know, she is our resident lions expert, and she got it right.
3: Oh, she didn't come on and Go see Wednesday. me
1: Vanessa. <laughs> and uh, Cuzzy Bro hasn't sent through the answer on your big screen there. So, and I know you've been looking. Even at it. looking today, wouldn't I? I've been reading through the text. Question was: <laughs> uh, Where are we? One. I
3: know you got it yesterday. Yeah, didn't you? this is why you're so irritated, I guess. Belmain.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. I'm just about at the point of no clues whatsoever. Oh, at the point of? <laughs> Name the three different players to have finished oh. an AFL season as the Brisbane Lions' leading goal kicker. So the last three. The last three. And I, and I gave it, the only hint I gave you that it goes back to 2016. Mm. So the that there's a common thread of, like there. Is it
3: around the 50
1: mark, the, the goal scoring? Uh, there were a couple of 50s there. There are a couple mm. lower than that, actually. Yeah, yes, it's... When we were going through tougher well, th- okay. times. Well,
3: okay, I'm going Charlie Cameron, uh, Link McCarthy, Hugh McCluggage.
1: The skipper's going to be very disappointed. Zork's one of them. I saw him <laughs> up there. He's <laughs> hit nearly 200 goals. Is he one of them? Yep. So, Charlie has won the last three. Uh, in 2021, 55. In 2020, in 2020, 31. And in 2019, 57. Eric Hipwood who uh, escaped oh. with a fine at the tribunal last so 12 20... months out and we forget about him. Yeah, in 20... No, this was 2018. Yeah, that's in right. 37. And then the two years previous to that, so 16 and 17, was Zorks. He must have been pushing up for that, eh? Ooh. To get up and win,
3: pushing up the ground. Good on you, Zorks. Yeah, so that's one for me. I saw Fabulous. yesterday that he's quite up there in the top 10, um, and but uh, Charlie has got a pretty good record. Ooh. 93 games for a you know, something like 105 goals or something.
1: All right, the Queensland Garden Expo is on this weekend at the Nambour Showgrounds. Nambour Showgrounds. Get your tickets online or at the gate. We'll go straight into a sports goals,
3: update
1: so with uh, Mark Braybrook, thanks to Shawl Unify, your national uniform experts uh, for construction, healthcare, government, hospitality, corporate, retail, transport and logistics.
6: Good morning, everyone. I think it was uh, also heals the fact that no one else was kicking goals in those years because they mm. weren't going that well. I think Zorks was 20-something. Uh, uh, yeah, in 24. 2016,
1: it was 23. Yeah, yes. So that was so. a great year for us.
6: Reese Walsh is set to return to the Broncos. He's been allowed uh, permission to negotiate, but only with the Broncos. He's got another year left on his contract with the Warriors. There was speculation that the Dolphins might have uh, been a destination for Reese Walsh, but as it stands, he's only allowed... Uh, to negotiate with the Brisbane Broncos. So um, that will develop, no doubt, in the next few days. Speaking of the Warriors, Andrew Webster is firming as their coach. He's been uh, an assistant coach at the Tigers. He was also a a lower under-20s coach uh, when I was calling the under-20s on Fox a few years ago, and now seems to be the one that um, they're favouring at at the Warriors, which Mm -hmm. is interesting.
3: Yeah, it must be pretty convincing in his presentation. Yeah, yeah. He's been an assistant at the West Tigers, Mm. And now he's convinced someone that he needs to be a head coach. Well, well yeah, he,
6: that's one of the places he's been at. Uh, Charles Nickel Kloster is heading back to the War- or heading to the Warriors back home, so he's been allowed uh, to be released from the final year of his contract at the Raiders. A number of changes for the Brisbane Broncos for this week. have got 11 players out. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos and Zach Hosking will make his debut. The son of the mule, David Hosking, mm. who. Uh, uh, played with Manly and South, and I played against the Mule, and I also uh-huh. refereed the Mule in Manly Juniors,
1: and have known yeah. David since he was about seventeen. So well, well, Gilly was up at the in the newsroom last, yesterday yeah. when the news came through. He said, "He said, is that the Mule, son? Yeah. He said, we would yeah. love the Mule. The Mule was a great bloke. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and get the Mule <laughs> on the show
6: tomorrow because he is a great bloke, uh, David Hosking, and uh, played with Manly and South in those. Really tough days, if we can call them those, no. the, the 80s, uh, mid-80s, et cetera, with some of the greats uh, at South Sydney as well and at Manly. So, yeah, good to see young Zach make his debut. Come to Brisbane for an opportunity, playing with Wynnum, doing really well. Tessie New is back, Ryan James is back. So there are some changes, obviously players out with injury, but the one key there is that Adam Reynolds is, yeah. is playing for Brisbane. So when he's there... Uh, that's a bonus.
1: Yeah, so Heels and I were talking about it. It's not a complete disaster when you look at... The side's know, pretty good. Yeah, with with the, lo- the loss of the Origin Stars and all the injuries that the club has at the moment, you know, you've got, what is it, Tessie back, then Oates, Staggs, Branko Lee, Jordan Pereira, uh, Mam and Reynolds in your halves, Palacia, Billy Walters, Ryan James comes in for the into the front row, Zach Hosking, Jordan Ricky, and Kobe Hetherington oh. at lock. Yeah.
3: yeah, with a new desire of wanting to step up. And fit into the structures okay. of Kevin Wilders. It's it's going to be it's a great test.
6: Mm. Jaden Braley has been named on the bench for the Newcastle Knights. He injured his Achilles in the pre season, so this will be his first game back for Newcastle. Very good player, brother of Blake Braley at Cronulla. Uh, he's one of the co captains there at Newcastle, hey, good so player. good to see him back. Quade Cooper, unlikely to play in the test match against England. That calf injury that ruled him out last week, just before the game, is still causing him problems. Sam Stoser and Matt Ebden are into the mixed double semi finals mm-hmm. at Wimbledon, which is a good news. Sam may. Still Jag, another Grand she Slam just title going before, on and on. before marble, she, she? she quits. As you mentioned, Pat, Eric Kipwood has been found guilty at the AFL Tribunal but fined $2,500. The Suns are set to announce in the next day or two, potentially today, a two-year extension mm. for Stuart Dew. Uh, England beat India by seven wickets. They finished at three for 378. In years gone past, anything over 300 was basically almost, no, mm. you're not going to get it. Three for 307. It's becoming quite the norm for teams on the fifth day because pitches aren't deteriorating as much.
3: Uh, there was plenty of cracks on that one. Yeah. They, they just Battered dreamed really well. it. That's their fourth big
6: chase. Yeah, Bearstow 114, Route 142. And let's finish on a positive. Uh, Leah oh, Kilner. That's a positive. Well, yeah. It's England. It is yeah. England, yeah.
3: England, yeah.
6: Uh, Leah Kilner is making <laughs> progress, uh, which is wonderful news. Uh, still a long way to go. Yeah. But from where we were 48 hours ago, um, great stuff. And the amount of... Digital e-cards or whatever it is, I went on there for uh, our little syndicate with the Queensland Rogues. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds on there, so she's getting yeah. a lot of support. Yep.
1: Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I spoke to Robbie Heathcote last night, and he just said, uh, he said to the family, "We've got to keep the media informed about this because the media is the conduit to getting the information out there because there is just so much interest in Leah's welfare." And, uh, he, he, you know, he, he's just so emotional, Rob. He always is, you know, when he trains a big winner or something. But he was saying to me last night, he said, oh, Patty he said it's just so confronting to walk into an ICU. And then he said to, you know, to have a squeeze my finger and he said it was just so heartwarming. So, look, you know, we wish her the, the very best. Hey, we've got to get to uh, Stump Heels. It's not our only competition. Oh. The Rookie Recruit. Exactly right.
2: Senq's Rookie Recruit. Your chance to be part of the SENQ commentary team in a private suite at Suncorp for the decider.
1: Yes, the auditions are rolling in. That's right, you can go to the corporate suite, sit beside Sats as he calls the game with Mark Braybrook, calling Queensland home to a series win. All you've got to do is record yourself calling some of a game. Around 15 or 20 seconds, there's quite a few had a go. Heels and Benny Davis have had a go. Then you can tag us uh, on Instagram or Facebook at... S-E-N-Q-L-D at S-E-N-Q-L-D or email us at PattonHeals at S-E-N dot com dot or you can give us a call and do it live on 13 13 55 and he'll City he'll give big points if you do it live yeah good waiting mm-hmm. alright it's 6.40 here on Breakfast with Patton Heels at S-E-N-Q
2: <laughs> iMar Insurance. Get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au Pat Hills Heels on 693 SENQ Queensland made.
1: And we're calling it our Wednesday Super Show, Heels. Because not only do we have our goats as usual for a half hour, we've got their undivided Luke Hodge and Cam Smith, but we've also got the Socceroos coach Graham Arnold. Yep. A little later on.
3: That's great. Those matches they've announced against New Zealand are they to commemorate the hundred years of competition between our two nations?
1: Yeah, I'm certain that'll that'll be part of it. There will be celebrations, but they're also you know critical lead ups to World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. They've got to get the squad. He said he's basically going to play his entire squad. And I think the final squad to Qatar will be 26. But I think that gets whittled down eventually to 23. Mm. Uh, so that, you know, he'll basically have a couple of full sides, or probably you know, the equivalent of three full sides here at his disposal. And he's going to run them all around in these matches. So New they're, Zealand they're very, narrowly
3: very cool. missing out in the World Cup themselves. Ooh. So that should be a good comp. I wonder if it'll, we'll get a penalty shootout. For Redmayne to have another crack.
1: <laughs> I bet you're going to ask him about Redmayne.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's not one of the great jobs of the world, is it? A penalty <laughs> shootout wicketkeeper, goalkeeper.
4: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs>
1: Uh, yesterday, and of course, Cam Smith will be joining us from Warwick, where the team has, uh, has taken over the town. They had a big dinner last night. They've, they've got a parade. I think it's around 8.30 this morning. They're having a training session, coaching clinic with the kids and all that sort of thing. A lot of excitement up in Warwick, uh, where there has been a lot of devastation as well. So the Darling Downs, getting the, uh, the, they're in the grip of Maroons mania right at the moment. So, so too are the Maroons. Paddy Carrigan uh, giving a, a big rap. To uh, the guy that he was facing last week, to Tom Gilbert, uh, they were they were opposed in the uh, the derby. But Carrigan uh, is very pleased that Tom Gilbert has been summoned into this Maroon side for the decider. Hope so. He's killing it for the cows. So um, yeah,
2: he's a bit of a feisty young fella. So um, no, nah, he'll be good. Hey, he's um. I think he's shown, you know, to get picked in a game through um When people say it's all the line to get picked, to make your debut, it says something about you as a person. So um, I'm pretty excited to strap up against him. Been unfortunate that he's um, got two wins over me this year already, but I'm excited
3: if we can get one together. Jeez, I hope he can live up to the comparisons of mm. the paper today. He's compared to Gordon Tallis. Ooh. How good's that? So he must be fast. He must have nice, evasive skills and... A real hard fella. Yeah, but he he
1: doesn't like the madman tag.
4: No. No, I'm no madman. Um, That's probably what's helped me get get, um, this Jez this year is probably stepping back from that role and just focusing about myself and just going about my footy in the best way. And uh, for the Cowboys, I was about doing what the team needs each week. Each each week's a different responsibility for myself. And um, obviously, come game three, I hope I'll get a responsibility and just go and do that job. Um, yeah, no, he's pretty organised,
3: isn't he? he? He's just dealing with pre-camp mm. and early camp nerves and not overthinking it and getting his basics together. And Knowing your basics is really, really important. Yeah. So, And his uh, leg speed and toughness, make sure it's, it's hard for, to let anyone through. And make a break or two yourself.
1: Yeah, well, we've had him on the show before, and he's he's a very impressive young man. Both of them were yesterday. They were great press conferences. You know, probably spanned the best part of twenty twenty five minutes uh, with the media chatting to them both, and they they're both articulate, both impressive young men, and they've got to be uh, real heavies when it comes to uh, that Wednesday decider. As I said, yeah, huge day for Warwick and the Darling Downs. And if you're out that way, enjoy it because uh, this team has all the best intentions and Billy Slater and and the skippers. DCE spoke very, very warmly about uh, how they wanted to get out there and just help out people that have been smashed by floods in the last couple of years. Uh, this is Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ and it's 6.49. <laughs>
2: For IMR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imr.com.au. Patton Heels, on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. At
1: 6.54, the TAB Queensland Winter Greyhound Racing Carnival is here. Gamble responsibly though, and if you need a bit of help there, call one eight uh, hundred eight five eight eight five eight. 858 858 Speaking of the Greyhound Carnival, the big lift out today on the Courier Mail, featuring our two fave jockeys, Ben Thompson and... Uh, uh, Mrs. Stephanie Thornton. Yeah. Um, with G'day, the, Steph. Yeah, well, uh, Ben's dad, Jason, is one of the top greyhound trainers in the country and uh, he'll obviously be involved in these big races uh, tomorrow night. We'll
3: Equalizers back, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Ready to chase that big yeah. money in Brisbane.
1: We'll have a chat uh, tomorrow night. There's, yeah, there is big, big money. Steph,
3: look how shiny her ring is on her <laughs> wedding finger.
1: Oh, <laughs> Good on you, Steph and Ben. All right, uh, we're at the sunny coast today, though, with uh, racing Chris Nelson about to join us uh, uh, the big wet hasn't helped lately, has it? It
7: hasn't. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. Uh no, all that rain. And tell you what, guys, how cold has it been this week? Be <laughs> it's been lippy, hasn't like... Mate, oh, a hasn't it? You're a former okay. Victorian, Chris. I know. I, I, but i uh, tell you what, I had to go back to Victoria, as you know, for a couple of weeks recently, and, uh, for a couple of uh, days recently. I think it was warmer down there than it was up here <laughs> last couple of days. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. But anyway, we're back to something near 20 degrees today, so I'm glad we have got through that. But, uh, yeah, Patty you're right. The big wet has struck this week, and we've lost uh, Ipswich, which was no surprise. Uh, today and we've moved that meeting to the Sunshine Coast poly track so at this stage I know we get a lot of scratchings on the poly track but I can tell you at this stage and keep in mind scratchings don't close till 7 30 uh, we have a total of as I refresh my new computer 28 so there we go getting up there so we just happen to see what we we'll hope to uh, not get too many more before 7 30.
3: No, I mean, you've you've removed your worries of Ipswich. It's not your favourite track to tip on. And uh, what what do you like on the poly, mate?
7: Well, let's go, Heels, with race two, number two to kick us off, and that is Critical Thinker. Now, Critical Thinker, as I get the right page up here, comes off a last start second at Doomben behind Noble Cat. Now, that was his first run for a couple of months. It was a good one. He had to do a lot of work early on from a white gate. He drew seven of nine that day. He was three and four wide in the run to the about the uh, probably about the 900 meter mark before he was mm-hmm. able to cross and lead. And then he gave a good kick in the straight. Was run down by Noble Cat late, but I thought he was very good there. And that run under his belt, I think he'll be hard to beat here. So race two, number two, Critical Thinker. I'll go to the next race, race three, horse number five here, and that's Ron Lee Gal, one of Kelly Sweeters. Kyle Wilson Taylor will ride uh, this. Philly had always been looking for distance. She got to 1,400 metres at the Gold Coast last time out, and she was pretty good from the back of the field. She rounded them up. She gets an extra couple of hundred metres here, up to 1,600 metres. She only has to handle the poly track. I think she can make it two in a row. So race three, number five. Then we'll go to race four. Love the name of this horse. Always makes me hungry. Number three, Apple Tart. For Stuart Kendrick and Kyle Wilson-Taylor again. A uh, bit of a freshen up off a of fifth at Ipswich uh, on Ipswich Cup Day behind Subterranean. That was 13.50. May have been a shade too far. As I said, freshened up. Back to the shorter trip today. Always just had that little bit of uh, class about her as Apple Tart. This looks a lovely race, as I said, with the claim. It's down to 55.5 and, and she draws a good gate. So she shall prove hard to beat Apple Tart in the fourth race today.
1: uh, owners and trainers obviously very keen to get uh, Kay Wilson-Taylor on board with that one and a half kilo claim and just in great form. Mm
7: -hmm. And I see that uh, Kyle Wilson-Taylor will be riding the big goodbye on uh, on Saturday for you guys. Yes. Uh, Obviously, Leah Kilner can't ride at this stage and we wish her all the best and we don't have any real updates there at this stage other than things seem to be progressing as well as they can. But Kyle Wilson-Taylor will be uh, taking over on the big goodbye Saturday, so... That will be a pretty emotional run, that one.
3: Where is that Saturday run, Chris? I...
7: Doomben this week, Keels. Mm. have uh, we have a good meeting at Doomben. We've still got a Group 3, uh, the Pam O'Neill, over 1,600 for the fillies and mares, and the listed Chief De Beers, over 11.10. So although the carnival's officially yeah. over, uh, we've still got a couple of good races, and, and of course, racing at Bow Desert, the Bow Desert Cup, big weekend at Rocky, I don't have to tell you that, Paddy.
1: No, I'm going there. I'm, I'm, I'm crying out just a little early tomorrow, um, I'm going to leave because I'm going to flight around about 9.30 tomorrow morning to go up to the big Calcutta uh, to interview Willie Pike for the Rockhampton well, I've seen
7: Jockey Photo- Club. I've seen photos of him in the paper. He's, he's standing there with a snake one minute or a croc or something. Then yeah. he's standing next to a goat. I don't know. What's going on up there? Well, he's
3: calling it a business trip to Rockhampton <laughs> somewhere today. No, he's right. So He's doing something outside of racing, I reckon.
1: Well, no, they've brought the family up. The family's with him, and he, they, he, yeah, he was with a Brahmin bull uh, yesterday. He's had a baby crop. He looked, he looked really happy to be holding the baby crop. Oh. Like, <laughs> he, he didn't seem to be Rat the wizard. Um, but yeah, I, uh, look, uh, to be truthful, Chris, they've been trying to get him up there for a few years. Because of COVID, it hasn't happened. Uh, they love him up there. The, all the punters in Rocky just love the Wizard. So, uh, yeah, I get the privilege of uh, interviewing him tomorrow for their big Calcutta Day. I'm really looking forward to it. Then, of course, you know, uh, you're right, and I know Tony Gollans a huge supporter of it. They've got uh, they've got Newmarket Day, Friday, and then the Cup. So, Chris, thank you, mate. It, lovely to chat. And don't forget the Tab Queensland with a Greyhound Racing Carnival is in full swing. Big, big night tomorrow night. It's 6:59, and that means we're very, very close to the seven o'clock news with Vanessa.
2: Imar Insurance. Get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit Imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: Thanks for joining us. Uh, as I said right at the outset of the show, I'm going to the Early Crow today, heels. I'm calling it the Super Show. It, it is Goat Wednesday. Luke Hodge joining us to talk all things AFL. Cam Smith from Origin Camp in Warrington, in Warwick, I should say. <laughs> Please, he's not at Warrington. A bit nippy over there. <laughs> no, um, same as Warwick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where there's no Cam Munster staying. Uh, he's staying in Brisbane to get uh, extended rehab on that shoulder. But we're going to talk a little bit of tennis now. Couple of big five setters overnight at Wimbledon, thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches providing quality coach education right across the globe. Inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. That means Brett Phillips is joining us, but I've got. I reckon I've got something that he wouldn't know. Joking? Yeah. From overnight. So, Kate was there. And William. Mm-hmm. Kate was wearing. A blue and white polka dot Alexandra Rich dress that she'd previously worn at a street party for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. She wore white and black slingback heels by the same brand and a white handbag Ooh. by Mulberry and accessorised with a Baroque Ooh. pearl earrings by Into Design and Finlay tortoise shell sunglasses. Do you sound did, like you're reading that? Did you know that? Brett Phillips. Your attention to detail, best. I'm
5: mesmerised by uh, that detail. Look, she got a lot of uh, got a lot of camera time uh, overnight here in wills, Who so started in the royal box and then went to the through the secret tunnel led to court number one to get behind uh, Cam Norrie. Uh, they were out in the public there with uh, Tim Hemman. So, a uh, big day. Yeah, a lot of camera time uh, on the on the Royals. But, uh, no, look, I appreciate you giving me that finer
3: detail. <laughs> yeah. I like the Mulberry accessories. <laughs> good, good. Um, not, a, not an extremely busy day uh, yesterday, Brett, but uh, pretty high quality.
5: Yeah, the four uh, quarterfinals. Look, Djokovic, uh, Sinner, was quite incredible. Uh, Yannick Sinner's first two sets were as good as uh, any in the tournament, uh, and to get the jump on uh, you know, Djokovic look you know certainly a two sets of love he didn't think the match was done because Novak's been in this situation before and you know the question was could sinner maintain and as Novak said uh, post-match he went for a toilet break looked in the mirror as we all do from time to time and uh, give ourselves a little pep talk and he did and he came out and just changed the course of the match in the blink of an eye and uh and then Yannick had, um, yeah, the tumble. Uh, we thought that, gee, he might be done. They looked they a fair bit of pain with the ankle. He got up and he sort of recovered from that. And, yeah, look, it went to five. But you always thought Djokovic was probably going to have his measure down the stretch of that match. And that, that one of the last shots he played, um, it was uh, lunging to the backhand wing, almost did the full splits. I mean, obviously, he's aerobic capacity and agility and flexibility is just, He's better than anyone else in the game, and he hits this cross-court backhand winner, which you thought, how on earth did he do that? I mean, get a look at that on the highlights for anyone that um, wants to catch up uh, today, and Djokovic is through to his 43rd uh, Grand Slam semi-final, but no doubt we're going to see Yannick Sinner back on the big stages of tennis because uh, he can certainly play the big Italian.
1: Hey, tell me they're not going crazy over Cameron Norrie over there.
5: (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, well, I... I mean the place nearly. I mean, you know, it was almost you know nine point one on the Richter scale uh, overnight. It was it was uh, it was uh, when a Brit plays, it's a, it's just a totally different ball game. And you know, great match with uh, David Goffin, who played a high level of tennis. I mean, former world number seven. I mean, I feel for him. He's been on the tour since two thousand and nine, and had never got to a semi final of a slam. And then he's dealing with you know Norrie, who's obviously improved so much as a player in the last eighteen months. To be around that top ten, and then the crowd that went with him and rode the roller coaster, including uh, royalty uh, courtside. So yeah, big breakthrough for Norrie. Now he's got to have you know the task of coming up against Djokovic. But you know this is reward for hard work. He won Indian Wells uh, last year, big tournament outside the majors, top ten, and now has a, his best run at the Slam. So it's just a good story of a guy who's, Put in the hard work and getting some reward.
3: Yeah, seven five in the fifth. Um, another one on Um, um, she fought back three six six one six yeah. one to become the first North African uh, lady in a Grand Slam semi.
5: Look, she is so watchable. Uh, look, look, she's a, a fine human being who's got a fan base. All over the world, yeah. And uh, she just endears herself to people. She's authentic, genuine, uh, one of the most uh, popular players in the locker room. And her her tennis, I mean, she, you know, she never plays two shots the same. She's either throwing in, you know, a slice or a drop shot, or just you know, you know, a slice forehand. It's a little dinky. Uh, sort of junk if I can be polite that <laughs> throws the opposition player off their rhythm who loves pace to uh, then feed off that pace and you don't get that from on Shabir. so yeah she finds herself a, a set down um, Marie Bushkova played a, a terrific game but then yeah Ons like Novak Djokovic early in the day got things back on track and she is a huge chance uh, to win uh, this title I mean she was a solid pro there for a while but she's gone to the next level to be, you know, top three in the world, and yeah. she's going to mm.
1: take some beating. Right, let's talk quickly about tonight, mate. Uh, Big night. Uh, we know there's there's been an, an outside interference now with uh, Kyrgios being charged with assault, uh, and he'll have to face those charges in a Canberra court in early August. And of course, we've got Isla Tomievaevich as well tonight.
5: Well, we'll start with Isla. She'll kick things off on the number one court. So, yeah, around about 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. and uh, Look, it's a 50-50 for me. Um, I, I, I just worry, you know, Rybuckiner is a big hitter. So she's going to have to absorb a lot, Isla. But then, you know, she is able to do that against Cornet and, and then be really assertive. So she's got to really go for her shots and not just sort of sit back and defend, which she can do against... Uh, this girl from Kazakhstan who's come a long way in her own tennis in the last 12 months. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's it's winnable. She's in a good frame of mind. You know, she's feeling pretty good about her game. So I'll give her a big chance. But I think it'll come down to some small margins and then we'll uh, we'll see how Nick um, yeah, fronts up with, obviously, what's transpired today. Uh, we expect some sort of statement uh, from the Kyrgios camp prior to the match. The All England Club actually went to his camp today just to make sure that he's actually going to front up and play and they've confirmed that's the case and they'll deal with uh, that stuff when they arrive back in australia post uh, Wimbledon he was out practicing today a lot of camera crews following him he didn't have a, one of a bar of that just, uh, just you know avoided the cameras and uh, the reporters which you would expect and look you know if he's in the right frame of mind and the, the body's feeling good he should be christian garen in straight sense for mine tonight but Uh, We'll we'll see what unfolds when uh, London wakes uh, tomorrow morning.
1: Hey, uh, I know you're busy. You're you're talking to everyone in Australia, but uh, I think this is Cousy, bro. He's just said he loves the highlights packages. He's watching the Joker v Sinner. Uh, They cut it down to just one bounce of the ball by Joker in his serve, and it cuts the entire match down to 25 minutes. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's a little bit cruel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be about eighteen minutes for Nad-
5: Nadal and Taylor Fritz. Yeah, I don't, I, that's going to be a cracker tonight. Oh, Taylor Fritz uh, could beat Nadal, no doubt tonight. This guy is uh, in a rich vein of form. He, 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 his he, power. Is next level. So Rafa's going to be under the pump tonight. That'll be uh, it'll be a great uh, quarterfinal.
1: Uh, well, we can't wait for tonight uh, as well. So big Australian interest tonight. Brett Phillips, thank you very much. SEN's tennis commentator. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Heels. It's seven twelve. It's breakfast with Pat and Hills here on SENQ.
2: For IMR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imr.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: So the little website I'm on here, Heels, has Isla matches, uh, from match from about 10 tonight. Yep. Uh, and for Nick Kyrgios, he's on court one against Christian uh um, closer to midnight. If right. All, if all goes according to plan with Taylor Fritz <sighs> and Rafael Nadal, similar time, similar kickoff time at around 11.45 and they're on centre court. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, as Brett Phillips is telling us, that one could be a boil over. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, uh, a
3: very, very rich vein of form for a massive server against one of the best returners, Rafael Nadal. So that's a great uh, head-to-head. I just hope uh, Isla can take in the belief of Tia Maria. <laughs> um, Tatiana Maria, who won. She was 2-4 down in the third set against her fellow German player, Niemeer, um, who's a big server. Um, but but uh, one year from her second maternity absence. Yeah. And she just she keeps coming back because she believes this is where she could get to. right? So Isla
1: is the opposite. She doesn't quite believe, but come on, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, Brett keeps telling us uh, the women's side now is, uh, with Swayantik out, is wide open. So the opportunity is there for Isla to go as deep as she's ever been in a Grand Slam. So uh, go Isla tonight from around about 10 o'clock, and she will be on court one. Hey, Luke Hodge has arrived. For Goat Wednesday? He's, he's wandering around like a headless chalk. Well, well we've removed his table. I oh, know.
3: His workbench in front <laughs> yeah, of the TV He's yeah. not there anymore. We've
1: got a big window in front of the studio, and he normally sits <laughs> just outside <laughs> doing all his notes because after our half hour, he goes with uh, Jared Waitley in Melbourne as well on SEN. So he's got a very busy morning, and he takes all his notes. I think, to, to be truthful, I think his half hour with Jared, as opposed to his half hour with us is a deal more forensic. When it comes to the AFL, we tend to have a little bit of fun with it and uh, a bit of chat, uh, but, uh, yes, I think it's a little bit more in detail what he's talking about oh, Victoria He's so good with his and, detail.
3: Uh, he's the best. He's yeah, the best of it. He is it.
1: very good. And, of course, Cam Smith will be joining us as well from Origin Camp in Warwick. Hey, uh, Stump Heels is not the only competition
2: we run on this uh, Fines Show no. Heels. No.
3: A rookie.
2: SENQ's Rookie Recruit. Your chance to be part of the SENQ commentary team in a private suite at Suncorp for The Decider.
1: Yes, all those facts are true. You could be in our corporate suite as M. Braybrook and Scotty Sattler call home Queensland in The Decider on next Wednesday night. All you've got to do is record yourself calling some of a game. So we only want 10, 15, 20 seconds and then tag us on Instagram or Facebook at SENQLD. Or email us, patandheels, one word, patandheels, at sen.com.au, where you can call us and do it live on 13 13 55. So the time's running out, obviously, so get your entries in ASAP. Now, Linda has uh, has sent in a little entry here, which has caused quite a deal of controversy uh, in the studio. Uh, let's, let's listen There's to Linda first. not many female commentators, is there? No.
3: They're on sidelines, not live. mm mm-hmm.
4: Can the Broncos do it? Final seconds to go.
1: Take the grand final and try, try, try. <laughs> so we've moved from origin to Broncos winning the grand final, which is just as good. We'd be we'd be very happy with that. But you're not happy, I mean, because your entry went in without the sound effects dubbed. Whereas Brixie has oh. dubbed sound effects on oh, the Linda, 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 Linda. <laughs> he's
3: running around putting those sound effects underneath Linda's commentary, and there's mine still sitting there 10 days later, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear Heels' with Oh, the crowd, you've done now. it already. Ah, done he's done this with within a minute. <laughs> Two minutes of origin three, 18 meters from New South Wales triline, Queensland. Papa Lee, he storms onto a flat ball from Grant. He finds space, breaks the tackle of Martin, beers left, long ball over the top to Cherry Evans, straight to Munster. Valentine Holmes to Tualungy. He got Airborne over the top
8: of Brian oh, o and touchdown, Queensland.
1: A minute and a half to go. Two points ahead. Kick to come.
3: Sounds like Sale of the Century background, that Brixie.
1: So now, <laughs> now the divide gets even further. Studio because applause. Grant went out and and bought all the sound mm. effects for his. Whereas. We're providing them for free
3: here, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's good. It's good. And what a what a an experience you'll never forget. You'll never forget it. Sitting in a commentary box, an Origin match with that crowd going mm-hmm. off, in and out of the
1: ground. Oh, very good. <laughs> Great comp. All right, it's uh, seven twenty-two here. Breakfast with Patton and Hills. Hey, we're also discussing today who your favourite sports star was back when you were young, back when you were a youngster. And and we lead to this after Tommy Gilbert did a wonderful press conference yesterday. They went for the best part of 15 minutes, and he was talking about he and his twin brother, who's his best mate, used to put their Origin jerseys on, their Maroons jerseys on, come Origin night, and Mum would let them stay up late because 8 o'clock kick off, and they'd be tackling each other in the lounge room, and as you suggested, he was probably breaking furniture somewhere along the line. But he said he was, in those early days, Darren Lockyer, he said, things have changed a little bit now. He's a muscle man up front now, hard running forward. But, uh, uh, yeah, who was your favourite? I Look, mine as a kid, uh, mine was Chang, uh, Graham Langlands, with that big, big sidestep, and then you'd go out in the, in the backyard and try and emulate stepping around your mates in the backyard. Chiming
3: into the back line. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, good, good 1350.
1: 13, 1355, uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Uh, now, you have been poisoning the pen or sharpening the poison pen. <laughs> it's not supposed to be poisonous. <laughs>
0: now on Breakfast with Pat and Hills. Hills gets his gloves off.
3: Um, not poison, but I, I get annoyed with too much self-interest in sport. Um, and there's a bit happening in sport. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of sports stars dictating to anxious governing bodies, you know, the Live Golf Series and Money have poached over 40 players from the most prestigious touring golf. And uh, that tour is now listening and communicating to its members better than it ever has. So that job is being done and it's and it seems like it's improved golf. Now, to me, in the football codes especially, player agents and sports themselves, this is not a one-way uh, lack of lack of uh, quality. The sports are involved in it as well. They do the work, it seems, of breaking contracts early, seemingly without legal action either. You know, so as these players and clubs break their promises to fans, that annoys me. Rugby do it by leaving Australian rugby and going overseas at the drop of a hat. English Premier League has probably been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, rugby League is doing it. This is this is not really uh, easy to understand for me because our game, cricket, has got so few contracts in it. You know, we don't, we've don't. only got 25 major contracts and 120 other players around the country that play. These, these football codes have got 625 contracts and, and maybe more and a lot of managers in there and meddling hard. Um, I think uh, nearly all sports worldwide probably, probably have this issue. Um, now we have well-regarded cricketers thinking that the BBL, the Big Bash League, is fine without them. And a rest is a good option after five tests this summer. Well, that's wrong. There's so much more to playing for Australia. Uh, Leading the the domestic game for its broadcasters and the fans is crucial for that comfortable existence cricket has to continue. You know, so why? Why don't they know that by now? You know, has it just gone so far that it's all about them and not the game? So for me, sign a contract and complete at least two thirds of it before you can think about changing Um, and get your head down, get your body right and make it work wherever you've just contracted to go to the club's. I'd just like to see you build depth, have a real focus on building that depth, stop overvaluing talent at the top and use your depth a bit better. And you too honour at least two thirds of every contact that you sign from your end as well. I'd just like to see these anxious um, sporting bodies recover some respect, communicate better and be partners rather than putting up hurdles, you know, do it. Do I have to accept such self-interest on both sides? I, I like players swapping or leaving for opportunity, not so much the financial greed that we see too often. It annoys me. But uh, are the players in charge? 13, 55 Does any of that annoy you? Yeah,
2: they-
1: Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, are the contracts not worth the paper they're written on? Uh, well, they're,
3: they're not, are they? But it's, it's such a scramble for talent rather than creating players out of what you've got.
1: Mm-hmm. 13, 13, uh, give us a call. That's Gloves Off uh, with uh, Ian Healy this morning. Hey, uh, now, speaking of cricket heels, uh, Mick from Castledine. he said, my favourite sports star growing up was Michael Slater. We were only talking about him uh, in the car yesterday going home. Unfortunately, he's a troubled soul of late. Yeah, we wish him the best. And you know that a couple of your very high-profile mates uh, in cricket have, have been reaching out but just can't contact. We hope that he's going well. We know he's in rehab, and we, we just hope that things are slowly working out for Michael Slater because uh, when he's at the peak of his powers, he's a, he's a wonderful man to, to be around.
3: Oh, he's, a, he's a wonderful idol to have too as a kid. Very fast feet, strong strong at the crease, play all the shots, and a great passion for who he's representing. Um, is this Cuzzy Bro that ends in 600? But yes. there's a rugby trivia question. It's got to be him. Who's got the most rugby-like name? There, there's a new all-black debutant from last weekend, Lester Ofakai Wales Twickenham Fajangan Anuku. <laughs> his dad played for Tonga in their Rugby World Cup 99 victory over Italy in Leicester, Wales, because it was uh, highly in the Rugby World Cup, was mainly based in Wales, and he was born in Twickenham. <laughs> it's an <laughs> unreal name. So the most rugby-like name.
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty certain that is Kazi. Uh, so uh, Jason uh, from Victoria has joined us as well. He's saying care Munster is my current favourite. Well, Cam Munster, as we know, and we'll be talking to Cam Smith about it uh, on our Goat Wednesday. We're not too far away from having Luke Hodge on the show, but Cam Smith will fill us in on what's happening with Cam Munster because uh, he is the only Queenslander from this Maroon squad that is not in Warwick. For their mm-hmm. big morning, and it's getting closer out there on the downs. If you're listening, we think around about 8:30 that the uh, the parade is happening through the streets. They're doing uh, coaching clinics after the big dinner last night. Big fundraiser it was last night as well. I might try and contact Katie to find out how much money they made uh, at the big fundraiser last night. And of course, they got you know, coaching clinics and a training session out
3: there. Well, only think only if you think it's going to help me. Uh, you know.
1: Well, ho- hopefully about will... time you did. Now, now. <laughs> well, I didn't want to wake her up. With my
3: gloves off, topping and self-interest. Mm-hmm. What chance are we really? Do do we just? Is this just a sign of the times? You look in the paper today, mm-hmm. and the the dolphins are out and making big impact. at the schools championships, which are out there, you know, they're thinking of us signing, or they have signed Asiah T- Katoa, and he could earn eight hundred thousand when he joins the franchise next year but that's over three years, right? Yeah. So that is a big amount of money, and I just hope he can commit and show some real sacrifice there.
1: Yeah, uh, I know, and Penrith have wiped him. Though they're not playing him anywhere. Cazzy, bro, very quickly, Morty, mate. Favourite sports
9: person when I grew up,
1: John Walker. Oh. First man to break the 3-minute 50
9: barrier for the mile. And he did it, like, in 10 seconds faster than Bannister did, right?
3: Mate, like, he was a legend.
1: Yep, Yeah. that's a great John call. Walker. Yeah, what a runner he was. Yeah, exactly right. Thank you, mate. It's 6.30. We've got to get to the news with Vanessa. Luke Hodge, the other side. Discover today why it's better to build with Brighton Homes. Call the Brighton Homes Open Line, 13, 13 55 Yes, 13, 13 55 And you could win a Signet Power Bank, valued at $60. Uh, one of the questions we've been asking this morning, Luke Hodge, is who was your favourite sports star when you were young? Uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. You went straight to the top. Okay. Straight to, yeah, straight to. Oh, <laughs>
10: growing up, you used to see one game of basketball um, a week, and it was always the Chicago Bulls. Yes. So you used to grow up watching what he could do. Um, and probably still to this day, still is, you still see his highlights and think how good he was. <laughs> and, of course, Ian Healy. Yes.
2: Was, uh, ah, yes, yeah, yeah.
10: Good call. Good. Well, I
3: was on TV more than Michael Jordan, probably. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs>
10: you're wearing, <you're> wearing a <laughs> How's the finger? Uh, it's coming along. It's. Uh, I thought there was had to go and get antibiotics. I thought there was a little bit of infection mm-hmm. going, but um, yeah, moving around. It's actually feeling better than I thought it was going to at this stage. So mm-hmm. may pull the boots back on it, but just wait and see <laughs> oh, for the Devon um, Meadows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's the bride saying about that? Um, so sure say I will say I never learn. <laughs> um, that was, if you if you can go and do stuff for for country clubs and, yeah, and yeah, what yeah, they've yeah, missed yeah. their last two years. Uh, I had a lot of mates go there, and they had an absolute ball. Uh, I think everyone enjoyed himself that day, apart from myself. So, um, no, look, we'll wait and see how the hand heals up and next year. won't be this year. The fingers still a little bit sore.
1: All right. We've got you as a captain for the next half hour here on Breakfast with Patton Heels. Uh, just before we go to the break, how many times did you have to front the tribunal?
10: I got told this the other day. Um, it was a bit softer. 19. I got, I, got, I, got, I got reported 19. <laughs> yeah, see, but, that wasn't
1: delivered. But, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a loaded
10: question. It, but there, <laughs> there were a lot of the tiggy-touchwood ones where you, you'd get a fine and then three fines you'd get a week. So yeah. I think I was only 10 weeks in total. Um, but, yeah, there was a little tiggy-touchwood soft ones yeah.
3: in there. <laughs> niggly, I, I'm sticking to that. Niggly infringement. I,
10: I, I actually, I've got a story when, when we come back. on about right. that. Well, I only, <laughs> I only
1: say that because I figured it might be pretty daunting for a young footballer. I mean – I listened to a lot of the Eric Hipwood proceedings last night because Benny Davis had it on. You know, we were expecting a result before news time. Yep. Uh, and it just kept going on and on with the lawyers arguing. And I thought, I thought, for a young footballer there with, you know, had a whole heap of knowledge of the law, yep. it would have been pretty daunting. It,
10: it is, especially for the charge it was up for. So you don't know what. It could be two. Yeah. It could be one. Yeah, you just didn't know. So, yeah good to chat about it after the
1: break. All right, we'll get uh, Luke Hodges' uh, tribunal story uh, right after this. Love you to join us today. Uh 131355 uh, is the number, and uh, as I said, you can go into the, uh, a chance to win that significant power pack. We'll be back.
2: For Imar Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au, Patton Hills Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: Luke Hodge is with us uh, until 8 o'clock, and we've got a couple of questions for you a little later on. But right at the moment, so I read from Scott Gullin's piece in The, the Courier Today, after a lengthy tribunal hearing, and it was lengthy, Hipwood was found guilty of careless conduct, but despite the AFL's urgings for a ban, uh, the tribunal slapped him with a $2,500 fine. Uh, even the tribunal chair said it was a, a complex, uh, you know, a complex incident and and Hipwood said during his evidence that he would never deliberately push or put an umpire at risk. And at one point, the AFL asked for a two-week suspension for the real potential of injury for the umpire.
10: Yeah, I think the AFL have had a stance this year about protecting umpires. There are they're yep. 6,000 umpires short around around country Victoria, and they want to show that the umpires are respecting the game. So I reckon that's a big push behind the suspension. But I don't think it fits the crime that Hippie did. Uh, yes, if he meant to do it and he initiated the contact... 100% you should be suspended, but I don't think Eric did that. So at the time of Vision from Behind the Goal, at the time of impact with Gardner, the Western Bulldogs player, the umpire was on Hipwood's right, and he tried to push Gardner to the left. And in that time of a split second, umpires moved, he's pushed Gardner, and they both collided. So, um, And the fact that Eric didn't initiate the contact, Gardner, as a defender, and I've, I did this for years, as a defender, <laughs> you try and wait for the right time to check your forward, because if you leave it to a foot race to get to the other side of the ground, I ain't going to catch Eric Wouldn't either's Gardner. Yeah. So you try and check him just so it stops their run and they can't get across to create an option <clears throat> as a forward. Uh, and that's what Gardner did, as every defender would do. Yeah. But the only thing is, if Eric gets fined for that and he didn't initiate the contact, a lot of people have come and said, well, hang on, there's two people that made contact. Why didn't, why didn't they both get fined? But mm. uh, I think it was the, the right choice not to suspend him. There was too many questions. There was too many doubts around... Um, to, to suspend a kid for that. Here, here,
3: And, and I, I don't think it was a split second bec- either because the re- it's good pace and your footage, you released the behind-the-goals footage that you had and it's been talked about on Twitter as being a saviour, right? Because the, the I reckon the umpire has gone another three metres and he's been pushed two and in that three metres of the umpire, he's veering left and about to step left yep. and you step bang right into him. What what would have made it frustrating for an opponent is Hipwood ran off? He ran off <laughs> a kick and kick thought, "Here!" Yeah. And he's waving. He's got his hands up. Look, I'm free. I'm free. And gets the mark and goes on with the goal. Yeah, oh, so well. so
10: Gardner sitting down. He's just cluttered with an umpire. And watch his opponent go and get a shot on goal. But well, that's. As I said, this is football. So much happened. And I'm glad that tribunal come to the decision where they didn't right. suspend him. So it's the right call.
1: So Percy's been here. He said, uh, "Hi, Patty, Nineteen tribunals. Not so bad for Hodgie. Um, question is, how many weeks? So you reckon it converted to about ten? I, weeks? I
10: reckon about ten. I had a three and a two. And then the rest were just ones, I think, along the way. But mm. actually, the story I was telling you, um, I went through a stage where Hawthorne, we got called, we're in the paper as mummy's boys. So we yeah. had a lot of blokes with tips and we're getting beaten up. This is 2004, <laughs> 2004, 2005, 2006. Clarko come on board. And he was like, not anymore. We're not getting pushed around. So it was okay if we could tackle someone drive to the ground. that bring the physicality. Um, we end up getting called the unsociable Hawks because we made it tough for opponents whether yeah. we'd won or lost. Um, and it ended up helping us to win premierships. But in that, there was a stage of about eight weeks in a row where I was either looked at, investigated for either wrestles, malaise, scrums, or, or striking. <laughs> And I got home one of the games and there was a Crunchy in the cupboard. And I said to my wife, oh, can I have the Crunchy? She said, no, because you got reported again. I said, I promise if I don't get re- suspended, if I can have this, I won't get reported or looked at next week. And that become a trend for about two years. Every time that I didn't get suspended or looked at or investigated, I got rewarded with a Crunchy. So, <laughs> the little things, it's the little things that count in life.
3: Did you ever get pulled in the line? From Clarkas, and uh, Luke, I think you might be overdoing
10: it. No, actually, there was was one time against Essendon. Obviously, Hawthorne and Essendon have a big rivalry. And Chapman, who come from Geelong to Essendon his last few years, I played against him for years, got along with him, no problems. And I tackled him to the ground, and the ball went out of bounds. And I've picked him up by the jumper. And Clarko grabbed me after the game and said... Don't you? I don't want to ever see you do that again. You don't play your best football when you're nice and chummy with your opponent. So at home, I was getting a crunchy if I was being a good boy, and at the club, I was getting told off if oh, I was being too nice. Mixed messages,
3: mixed messaging. <laughs> uh,
1: question from Mick Have you seen young Jack Payne's performance for the Lions since stepping in for the injured Darcy Gardner? I think he's great, and coach Chris Fagan should keep him in the team permanently.
10: Yeah, I think that's that's one thing about. Having injuries isn't isn't ideal, but it gives people an opportunity. And and that's what Jack. Jack came into the final two years ago against Richmond, took four or five intercept marks and really showed what he can do. And he's, he's a young kid who's got speed, he's got strength, and he's a beautiful kick of the football. So mm. the more games he's getting at this stage, he's going to help develop his career. So it's good that blokes like him and Kitty Coleman are really standing up. And now with Rich and Zorko out – Few more might be able to maybe throw to Zach mm. Bailey on the back flank to, to break open the, the run and rebound. He's got a
3: bit of size about him too,
1: hasn't he? Payne. He looks he looks. He's, big.
10: he's six foot four, six foot five, and Is he that yeah, tall and as he's well. Quick, yeah, and very quick. Ah, oh, great.
1: And Mars has been on the line. Still no recovery. Read crowd numbers. Is it the style of footy being played? Uh last swarming defenses, or just the fact that so many big clubs are having forgettable seasons?
10: I think it's a bit. There's still a bit of the COVID um, hangover as well from people. So you go to games where you think there's going to be a lot and. People have, over the last two years, especially down south in Victoria and New South Wales, have mm. got comfortable sitting at home and, and ha- watching it at a, at a friend's house. And mm. that's what people are slowly starting to break out to. But if you talk to a lot of people, the ticketing's an issue, but it's also breaking out of that, the comfort of your own home or, or sitting at home because that's what people have had to do for the last two years. Right. So ho- hopefully we'll get back
3: towards finals. Mm. Mate, do you want to talk about uh, your sons or the Lions first? We're happy with either. They're both, uh, sons have got a big one, eh? Hey? Richmond, and they've got to win it.
10: Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, we didn't hear that song on um, on Saturday night against Plus, Collingwood. But, uh, but i tell you games. what, they didn't disappoint. Yeah. Um, if, if you want to make a stand for Gold Coast, they needed to have a good effort against Collingwood. And yes, they lost, and, and Stewie Drew would be disappointed with the loss. But they had corporate sales. They had the full ticket sale out. Um, they had a big club in Collingwood who was sitting sixth on the ladder and they lost yeah. by a goal. So if you have looked what they've been able to do the last six or seven weeks, um, it, it shows a bit about the development they've got as a group, but also the coach, what the players have said. And from all reports, uh, there's word out that, that Stewie's looking to sign on and and that means there's no Alistair Clarkson coming up. And that's what the big pressure was for Stewie Jew was Alistair Clarkson's waiting there. The AFL are going to pay him $2 million. But what the players have done, what the style they're playing and, and what – They've sort of standing for at the moment. The the, the Gold Coast yeah. um, sons have got no no choice but to resign him.
3: Hodgie, what do you mean then? The AFL were going to pay Clark out two million to go to the Gold Coast. There
10: was word that there was going to be because he would have Queensland ambassadorship, Q ambassadorship, um, probably get a little bit outside the cap because I think that's what they they thought they needed a name like that to come up and and bring a bring a, bring a brand to, to the Gold Coast of, of AFL, but. Stewie Drew's doing an amazing job, and mm. it looks like he's going to sign on, which is great
1: news for Stewie and Gold Coast. Too. Yeah, I reckon it smacks of player power that yep. they want him there. And, I mean, that would have been, you know, primary in this whole conversation. Do the players want him there?
2: Without I, a doubt. Yeah, and he's
1: got it. Look, I don't know whether this is just timing, but he's got a press conference scheduled today. I mean, he has a regular weekly press conference anyway because he's coach. Yep. But uh, his is scheduled today, so maybe the, the big news could be released. Mm. Though, Fingers crossed. And, and he's doing it
10: without his best player. Yep. Yeah. Well, a couple of good they've got a lot. They've got a lot of injuries down there. But King, I, I wrote them off as soon as they lost King. Yeah. But they've been able to bring in um, Chole and also Casbolt um, from from Carlton just to fill it in a void. And that's what a good ke- team is if you start to lose a few of your big players, you need blokes stepping up and just playing their role. And that's what they've been able to find all over the ground.
1: Mm. All right. We'll talk about the Lions right after this. Lions at Essendon from one uh, right here on 693 SENQ, then straight into the Broncos' Dragon so a big Sunday here for our footy followers. We've got Luke Hodge as our captive until 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, you're listening to Breakfast with Patton Heels on SEN. It's 7.48.
2: For Imar Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: Day off for the Lions today. So uh, we've got work experience. We've got the work experience kids coming into Channel 7. Who have you got? Um, we've got Cam Rayner and Harry Sharp coming up. Two good fellas.
10: Yeah. Two very good. Very. Harry Sharp's actually coaches my son's football team. So oh, really? He's um, a quality young Kim him and Jackson Pryor. Okay. So it's good that they're doing a bit of development off-field because a lot of players go home and play that gamings and do all the Fortnite knock kind on of stuff. So
3: they're in, in doing some work. So that's it's actually – that's I'm great. not sure it's work. It's quite shiny, isn't it, when yeah. you go into the media. You think, oh, well, this is not a bad option. Well,
10: <laughs> it's probably good because they're going to – both of them are young players who are going to have a big career. So at least if they're in there learning stuff and being able to handle the media, at least mm. that's just developing their skills for post-football as well. So it's – it's um
1: good to see. No pressure on Harry Sharp coaching your kid with you looking no, over no, his No, shoulder. no,
10: I, uh, I I sit back and say absolutely nothing. I um I'll be the person sitting over on the side, um, try not not trying to get involved.
1: Right, we better talk about Gabba Sunday afternoon early game, one o'clock against Essendon. A game that they're expected to win, uh, but they do it without Daniel Rich and Zorks. So what what's the word you're getting on their hamstring injuries?
10: Yeah, they all. Zork, when he came off, said it wasn't too bad. So it was awareness. I feel from both of them that they were low, low level. So that's normally probably a two to three. Zork's already had a couple, so couldn't see him back any earlier than three. Um, but with with that, it's you, you don't know with Essendon. Well, the Essendon's come out; they beaten St Kilda when yeah. everyone was tipping. They beat they beat Sydney last weekend, mm. uh, and then they went across and lost to to w, uh, lost to West West Coast. Yeah. Um, so. They're all up and about, but they've they've got a bit of confidence now. I heard their leaders this week saying that they 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 had a their last two weeks they've led better. Like that hasn't been about them getting the footballs, but then tackling, playing team roles, which is good to hear. Considering they played finals last year, so look, I, I wouldn't take them easy, but you'd expect lines to be pretty comfortable, even though we do have a few injuries on the half-back line.
3: Mm, you know those leaders you're talking about, Essendon leaders. Uh, were they midfielders?
10: That's yes. Yep. And,
3: and did they push forward? I see, I see a couple of them kick goals, or was it uh,
10: Merritt. Merritt um, pushed forward, kicked three goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think in the past what they've they've done has been more about getting the ball and running forward. But what teams have found out, if you can turn the ball over, then they're out of position. So I think the, most of them, Merritt was a big one for them. Uh, also Parrish, Parish one who normally gets high 30s. He had 22, played more of a selfless role. So um, that's what they've got to look out for. They're going to come up with a team who's got a bit of confidence playing from all reports, playing for one another more than what they have in the past. So just don't be a shock. Expect the unexpected from them.
1: Okay. Well, at, at this time of the year, I mean, every win's crucial. And uh, Hugh McLuggage was talking yesterday. He said, you know, it just feels so tight between that, that second spot to sixth, seventh, and even eighth, you know. Um, so this is one they can't afford to drop. And I see in their last seven games, among their last seven games, you've got, you know, flag contenders, Carlton, Richmond, and Melbourne. So, yeah, I mean, they've got to go in with a, a strong mindset for this one, haven't
10: they? Yeah, you're right. From from second to sixth, there's one game. Yeah. So, that's I mean. Yeah, if you – I think it was Fremantle second. Now they dropped down to fourth. Collingwood's jumped up to sixth. like this this season is as, as even as I've seen. Yes, we had Melbourne streets apart early in the year, but they've proven that teams can beat them uh, and beat them convincingly. So, every game's important. You, you can't let one like this slip. If you look at Sydney, Sydney dropped one to Essendon last week, and they've slipped down to almost out of the eight. So, Every win's crucial,
3: especially with the tough run home that they have. What a blockbuster. Geelong, Melbourne. Should be a good one. Yeah. football. Time to show uh, what we've got. Is that what both sides would be looking for? You know, Geelong and Melbourne to keep it going from last week?
10: Yeah, you think so. I reckon it's a bit of a flex. Geelong have jumped up to second and everyone – Geelong have done it quietly. They've done it perfectly. They're a team who've got mature players, had a few injuries, brought them back in, but they've just been ticking the wings along without causing any issues. And all of a sudden you look up and – They've got a team with Dangerfield, Sailwood, Hawkins, Duncan, mm. all these quality players that have had a nice little smooth run and a sit in second. So this is it's going to be a really good game on Thursday night. Yeah, a couple of good matches. The Swans and Dogs Friday I night. Got that down at the SCG. Hopefully it hasn't been washed away. They've had a lot of rain oh, down there. Yeah. So hopefully it's starting to ease up for them. The
3: Dogs yeah. reckon they're not panicking.
10: No, I don't think so. I reckon they, they'll back themselves against the game style of Sydney. Sydney are, are a slingshot turn the ball over team, uh, and and doggies are more than happy to play that way.
1: So the Lions at home, and then uh, the Suns are at home on Saturday at 4.35 against Richmond. That one's a, another tough one for them. It is, but they're, they're on the brink, aren't they? I mean, yeah.
10: it's, yeah. it's one of those ones where you look at Gold Coast now, and you're not putting a line through them. Because they've yeah. shown that bit of grit, and they're happy to roll the sleeves up and get dirty. You're probably looking at that going, Richmond should win and win easily, but... You can't just say they're against Gold Coast at home. They seem right. to be a different team. Um, they're playing with confidence, and, and Stewie's got them all playing as, as a good group. So you'd expect Richmond to win, but don't rule don't rule them out totally.
3: Happy club compared to North. Gee, there's some trouble at North. Yeah, that's, yeah it doesn't look like anyone's
10: safe at North Melbourne at the moment. Um, they've got two separate reviews going on. <laughs> um, not sure how that happens, but if, everyone at North, so I think, looking over their shoulder, they've had... Coterie groups that have wrote emails yes. saying that they want the CEO, yeah. the, the President sacked. Um, not a re- happy place at North Melbourne mm. at this day. And
1: releasing those emails to the media.
10: Yeah. You, you know, in football places, everything like this, anything big always gets leaked out at some stage right. from someone.
1: All right, mate. Thank you very much for joining us today and being very honest about your tribunal appearance. I'll go and get
10: a Crunchy now. And- yes. See <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so you guys. Good
1: you, <laughs> A little bit of a change. <laughs> Uh, breakfast with Pat and Heels. We're racing towards uh, the 8 o'clock news. The other side of this, we uh, have another goat joining us, Cameron Smith.
3: Yeah, and then after that, after 8.30, another goat, Graham Arnold.
1: Yeah, yeah. really looking forward to hearing from him. He's so, uh, I don't know, he's so single-focused towards this World Cup. Uh, we'll have him on the show just after 8.30. Okay, we've uh, got the news with Vanessa coming up right now.
2: MR insurance get an online quote and instant cover anywhere anytime visit Hills on 693 SENQ. Queensland made
1: we're back we've been asking you to uh, today who was your favorite sports star back in the day and Daryl who's a wonderful contributor a youngster uh, had the poster on the wall of uh, Graham Langlands in his kangaroo outfit wearing his brand new Adidas boots place kicking an upright yellow leather ball. Poster was in an edition of Rugby League World magazine. Believe it or not, he's still got it 50 years later. Yeah. On your still dad. in that
3: same bedroom. He's <laughs> just not in it by the sound of it. He's,
1: he's upgraded. <laughs> hey, we're going to Warwick. Those Adidas boots were good. They had a big, big night at Warwick last night. Did they? Raising money for those affected by the floods. And you know who was part of it? Cameron Smith. So, Cam, are you out? there? Is a little chilly on the downs this morning.
8: Uh, morning, boys. It is... Frosty out <laughs> here in the uh, the Darling Downs uh, region. Um, we got a little bit of rain too, so um, hopefully that doesn't affect the uh, the street parade that the boys are involved in. Oh, I don't think it will. Uh, we had a great turnout last night um, down at the footy club, so um, yeah, it was wonderful. It was actually it was good. I, I was lucky enough to be a part of some of these regional tours, fellas, um, yeah. as a player, um, and it's just a it's a nice little reminder to the current players about. Um, you know those who they're representing um you know this this area this region has been affected um you know of late you know quite hard with with the floods and they've Mm -hmm. gone through some drought as well um so but it's just a little reminder about you know the resilience that we share as queenslanders um and and they're going to need every every bit of that resilience that the people out here show next one next wednesday night so it's been really enjoyable so far but um yeah, we've got a street parade coming up in about forty five minutes and the boys will walk walk through the main main part of town, um, down the to, down to the uh, the footy club and um, the Warwick Cowboys during the footy club and we'll be to have a training session down there in
3: front of all the locals. You can only um Marvel at what that's doing to the young kids, the, ki- the country kids there, as we all re- mm. re- remember in Queensland. You've got an incredible array of talent uh, that was probably on deck last night. Did anyone, you know, in the speaking you um, uh, know, field, did anyone <coughs> excel? <laughs> <laughs>
7: well,
8: well it was only, there was only four of us that went up. So it was, um, it was uh, obviously the coach, Billy. Um, he went up with the, with the skipper, Daly Cherry Evans, and then it was myself and Harry that went up on stage. Um, nice. Hosted by the great uh, the great um, Peter Masoldis. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that no, was good. We had a little bit of fun, a few little jokes, which the crowd enjoyed. So, uh,
3: yeah, it was a good night, here.
1: Fantastic. Now, we've just had Luke Hodge, as he does. He precedes you uh, on Wednesday mornings. We're talking about tribunal appearances, et cetera, as far as the <laughs> AFL goes. <And laughs> yeah. He, he was... He, 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 he occupied
8: those rooms frequently. <laughs> <Had a> single <laughs> bed. <laughs> well, you're,
1: you're
8: a, you're,
1: you're a hockey supporter, aren't you?
8: Yes, I am, mate. Tragic hockey supporter. I love watching hockey <laughs> play, but yeah, he could, he could find a uh, he could find a report on himself
1: each well, had... week.
8: But no, nah, that you know what, that's what made him so good, though.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, he went 19 times. He said it, but he said a lot of it were just love taps, really. <laughs> he said yeah, he only yeah, got ten yeah. weeks in total, which is not bad. <laughs>
8: yeah, it's all right for a bloke that played over fifteen years of
1: footy. But he said he was he was bribed by his darling wife that he could have a crunchy when he came home from from footy if he behaved himself on the field that day. <laughs>
3: that week didn't get reported. That week,
1: <laughs> if he didn't get reported, was there any, ever ever any incentives for you? <laughs> Uh, no, there
8: was never any chockies involved. I must admit that. Um, no, no, never any incentives. I, I can now. Now I'm thinking back to it. He, he did look like he was carrying a little bit of extra weight there.
3: <laughs> he said. He said you'd say that.
1: <laughs>
8: oh, gee, no, I, no. I actually, although I'm a, I'm a bit of a, um, a sucker for a crunchy. I love a crunchy, but no, there was never any chockies.
3: Um, used as bribes not to get in trouble. What I, about um, what about your worst Nineteen appearance? times, did you say? Yeah, nineteen, yeah, 19. times. It, it's sort of uh, little stuff, mainly uh, finable yeah. infringements. It gave him, it yeah. sort of threw up about ten weeks suspensions total. Yeah,
8: okay.
3: What about yeah, your yeah. worst, you know, uh, there's one that stands in my mind, um, you know, yeah. how to do- <laughs> handle your worst one, mate? Yeah, well,
8: that was, um, so that was 2008. So we, we'd finished first. Yeah. Um, and we had to play the Warriors in the first semi-final, and that was back when the semi-final system was one v eight, fellas.
3: Yes, we
8: got beaten, so we had to come up to Brisbane. And if you can, if you can take yourself back to that final, it's one of the epic sort of finals matches in, in the modern game. And um, anyway, we come away with a victory, but I was I was put on report um, for a tackle I made on one of my my sort of my former teammates and good mates, semi Friday. So I fronted up to the – they charged me um, with this tackle, and um, I was going to – I was facing 2 weeks' suspension. So that meant the prelim and possibly the grand final if we went through. Yes. So, um, yeah, I went down to Sydney to fight it. Um, thought we had a pretty good case. Thought we had um, offered up a pretty good defense. And then I think I think we uh, – it took them about three minutes to decide that, uh, <laughs> that I was guilty. So they, they, <clears throat> they looked into it. Really deeply, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I, uh, I I got suspended for the um, for the prelim against yeah. Sharkies, and then <clears throat> and then the following week the grand final against Manly, which um which we ended up losing. So that that wasn't that wasn't a good fortnight for myself. No, um probably wasn't overly easy to live with, but um mm. yeah, got past it. We got we got through it, and and yeah, moved on.
1: Hey. I- on the news front from the team, we've heard that Cameron Munster is not with you. Uh, do we assume that he's down here getting you know, intensive rehab on that shoulder?
8: No, he so he travelled, instead of coming up to Warwick yesterday, boys, he went back to St. Drew Cove um, just to receive a bit more treatment on that shoulder mm-hmm. um, just so he was ready to go for the session today. So he, he's actually on his way up as we speak. He's travelling up with um, our, our physiotherapist, um, as well as a couple of our other staff members that were down at Century Cove last night. Um but no he he, he will be training today boys. He's he is fit and ready to go. Yeah,
6: oh,
3: excellent.
1: A, there's the breaking news. Thank and you for that.
3: I, I guess someone who's definitely ready to go and uh and he's always been fit this season. Tommy Gilbert, how's he been slotting in?
1: Yeah.
8: Oh, he's been he's been great heels and um it's it was actually lovely to to um, you know see him come into camp and we know how much it meant to him. We've probably seen the reports, everyone's seen the reports now when Billy spoke about when he when he first called Tom yep. um, and broke the news to him that he's going to be representing Queensland and sort of, you know, he's, he was quite emotional about that. But, um, yeah, look, he, he's been great. He's a pretty quiet young fella. Um, but... You know, some of the things he's been doing on the footy field, um, it's it's a great reward for him to be able to, you know, pull on the maroon jersey in a the side at Suncorp Stadium next week. It's really looking forward to watching him play. He's coming out of a Cowboys system that they're really confident at the moment. And um, he's a he's the type of guy, look, he's not a Reuben Cotter, but he's very similar style in which he plays where, you know, he's got a great league speed. Um, he does a lot of the little defensive plays really well. Um and when he gets his opportunity, I'd like to think that he's going to be out there putting a fair bit of pressure on their their key players, um whether you know they're they're running the football, looking to pass or even when they're looking to kick,
10: yep.
8: he's going to be one of our main men that's going to go out there and put some put some heat on those boys.
1: Hey, it's uh, 8.12, Cameron Smith as he is uh, on every Wednesday as our very special guest here on Breakfast with Pat and Heels. Uh, If if you've got a question for Cam, Brighton Homes open line 131355 is open or the Becker Watt Lawyers text line 0467 736 736. Hey, we will talk about how you're going to win this decider uh, shortly, but can you give me just a little insight because it's fascinating. Uh, Was it the Monday night function that you had that was pretty much a closed shop inside... Suncorp Stadium, families, mm. some of the greats. I mean, as, as you know, we did that that wonderful segment on the news, uh, good, bad, ugly, which I know you'd be riveted to each week with uh, Webby, <laughs> with Webby and Gilly. Uh, but they were yep. both obviously in the studios yesterday on Mount Cootha, and th- they were both in raptures about, you know, both of them got a chance to present jerseys, um, and and and. the the families were there and it was just something that Billy and uh, no doubt you as, as you know, one of the assistants Mm. helped put together and said, it was just a great night.
8: Yeah, it it was, um, Pat, it was quite an intimate sort of setting. Um, we were hoping to have a a meal out on the field, but it was, it was, um, the weather sort of held us back from that. Um, so it was a bit wet. I don't think the groundsman was too keen to sort of get (laughs) 50 people out on, on the Suncorp turf coming up to such a big game. Um, no, but we had uh, Billy organise some um, some of the uh, um, fogs to come in. The former Origin greats. Gilly was there as one. Webby was one. Lockie was there. Justin Hodges, Dallas Johnson, Michael Crocker, uh, David Shillington, just to name a few. Mm. Um, and they 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 each presented um, you know our, our entire squad of twenty two players you know their jersey for game three, um, and Tommy Gilberts. Um, family were there as well to present him his his very first Origin jersey. So it was a really um, nice moment for all those players um, and, and to sit down and, and be able to interact with guys that have been there before and been in the position that these guys are in now coming into such a, a huge match um, and and just you know talking about their experiences of, of how they prepared, how they played, how those deciders went for them um, and you know, just giving them the current boys a little bit of an insight into what they're going to face next Wednesday.
3: It's a nerve wracking experience that, isn't it? For a former player to go in and until you <laughs> you've got to get them going, you've got to question them into their content and then off they go, don't yeah. they? They roll on after that.
8: Yeah, they do. And mate, I, I, I think heels, it's it was, it was just a nice experience for um, a lot of these current players where, you know, a lot of them, like, they're so young. Like, there's there's a couple of guys born in 2003, and that's when I made my debut. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's making it's making me feel a little bit old. But just being able to watch, uh, oh, sorry, you know, talk to guys like um, Shane Webke, who was just such a fantastic player for the Maroons. Um, you know, Dallas Johnson, Michael Cogger. You know, when they're sitting down with our current forward pack, you know, they're sort of, you you, you see how inspired they get. Just sitting there listening to them, watching them, um, <clears throat> talking about stories of, of their experience at Origin, and um, yeah, I think they walked away feeling a little bit you know, taller, stronger, more confident in themselves. I bet. Yeah, I Paddy bet Carrigan
1: that, yeah. said uh, his was presented by Matty Scott. I mean, there's one tough Queensland. Yeah.
8: Yeah, yeah. he did. Matty Scott was down. <clears throat> he presented a couple of jerseys, which was great. Um, old Scott, but... <laughs> Um, he he was yeah he was part of a, a side that, that he come in in two thousand and six, um, Paddy when yeah you know, there was a lot of pressure on the Maroons, and you know maybe maybe this team's feeling a little bit of pressure as well to get out there and win this one. But um, there was no better person to talk to, particularly for our young forwards. And you mentioned Paddy Carrigan, who's been fantastic in the first two games. Just to talk to Matty Scott and talk to him about that, you know, that that first year that he had in Origin and the expectation around him going out and playing well, and I reckon, uh, yeah, we we walked away and I just seen a little bit of a sparkle in the boys' eyes, even though all being early in, in the camp. I think, um, yeah, I think they're they're sort of they're feeling good about themselves at the moment they're up and about,
3: which we need them to be. Yeah, they're part of something very big. I'm sure they're feeling that. Um, there was a lot of gratitude regarding selections by Papali'i and uh, Gagai. Do you expect them to improve or to be a little more convincing?
8: Yeah, well, I think... Um, uh, in, well, game two, you know, Josh, Papali'i, he didn't really get too much time um, or too many opportunities out there. And I actually thought, you know, for his for his you know, two stints, he, um, he actually looked quite good. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, he... Most certainly need to come back. He's our four, so he he starts our halves for us and, and gets things rolling. You just need to go back to game one, boys, with his the first the very first carry of the game when he charged back into the New South Wales line and he knocked Isaiah. well. He pretty much knocked him out. I don't know how he stayed on the field, but he knocked him out, which was great. That's what we need from our, our starting props. Um, so you know we we just need similar <clears throat> efforts from, from Josh this time around. And Gags too, well, you know what, I think the thing with Billy was and discussing who he was thinking for Game 3. You know, at times you're quick to forget you know, the efforts of, of some of these players. Now, Dane gaggle has been doing it for quite some yeah. time. Um, and, you know, in Game 2, was he a little bit off? Of course he was. But, you know, he wasn't the lone ranger. There, you know, there, there was... A few players that that weren't at their best over in Perth, and that's all it takes is a few players to be off, and and um, you know, be things on. become a bit more. Di- yeah, things become a bit more difficult. So, um, yeah, you know, the the coaches have the belief in, in Dane um, that he can go out there and, and play his best game of football, and he's going to need to. We're going to need not just Dane, but every all seventeen players come next Wednesday night. They're going to have to be at their best for us to have a chance of, of taking the shield back off New South Wales. Um, you know, and but the, the good thing about it, boys, is that <clears throat> there's a strong belief within the squad, you know, through the coaching group, through the support staff and all the players that we can do that. We just need to be at our best.
1: Yep. It's 8.19 here on Breakfast with Patton and Heels Camp Smith, our special guest through till 8.30. Uh, we're going to uh, quickly get to a break and uh, we'll be back to discuss a little bit more about this Origin Decider that is just a week away.
2: For IMR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imr.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made.
1: It was back to earth uh, with a thump in that second one, 12 A uh, couple of crucial calls, I thought, just before half-time. But we, we no loose, no point in crying over spilt milk. What's happened has happened. I see Patty Carrigan pretty honest. Cameron uh, dissecting things. He said, I know the back three were put under pressure, but he said, we also didn't put enough pressure on their kicks and uh, we got controlled around yeah. the ruck.
8: Yeah, that's that's right. And um, it's the great thing about our, our team at the moment, boys, is that they're they're pretty honest with, with their own performances. And, um, you know, the coaches gave them a little bit of feedback um, straight after the match over in Perth. Uh, and then again on, on Monday... Um, but the great thing about all the players in here at the moment, they, you know, they give us their own feedback also, and it pretty, the great thing about it was that it aligned with, you know, the thoughts that the coaches had. So it, it's always good when the coaches and the players are on the same page, and they know the areas that we weren't so good at. And, and Patty was right in, in particular. We didn't uh, we didn't help out our our back three overly with. Um, the work around putting pressure on kickers and, and, but to be fair, you know, they, they were a bit, they had a bit more of a plan this time around Um, New South Wales in, in where they positioned their kickers in particular, Nathan Cleary. And and they did a whole lot of work on, on getting guys in and around the play the ball to try and make it hard for our guys coming out to make, uh, put some kick pressure on. So um, we've, we've seen that we've, we've, Made the players aware of that, and we've come up with a couple of things that we think we can get around that and get out and put put pressure on Cleary like they did so well in game one. Um, you know, any time yeah. that he was he had the football or he was around the football, um, he, was, he was the boys took time and space off him, which you need to do against the good players. Um, so that that's everyone's role though. It's it's not just you know the middle forwards. Um, it's the edge players. It's our outside backs. Um, and and the back three making sure that you know when the ball comes down to them that they, they can catch it. We just we just piled up a whole lot of pressure on ourselves, and and um, for the majority of the game, if you if you can think back to game two, um, I don't think there was a whole lot of football played down New South Wales end. No. It was all down our end. So we defended in our own half. We were, we were trying to carry the ball out of our own half, which I think was um, you, when you look at the the final scoreline, that was a direct result of the amount of hard work that we had to do. Um, New South Wales enjoyed a lot of good field position. They had the majority of um, the footy. I think they had 60% of the football. Um, so that, that's a lot. When you have a 60-40 split, that's a lot in, in any formatted game, let alone state of origin. So the one the one thing we took out of it was that we've got a really hard-working footy side um, and we've got a team that's that's resilient. Um, we just need to play a lot smarter, which uh, I think we're going
3: to do in Game Three. Well, surely you won't be as fatigued with the work you had to do. My goodness, um, no. those those blockers, those Nathan Cleary blockers. You put Junior mm. Paulo next to the play the ball, and he's <laughs> been taking a little sneaky step left <laughs> or right. That, that, yeah. that, they're not allowed to do that. Surely they've got to stay still.
7: Now,
8: if you think back to um, boys, if you think back to last year when uh, and. and Wayne Bennett, the great coach, he, he made a point of this to the NRL when South was coming up against Penrith in the grand final.
1: Correct, yes. About those, about
8: about those, um, about those blockers, um, and and how they're illegal. So I'm not too sure if the, if the referees or <clears throat> the NRL have have seen that from game two. But the thing we got to do, boys, is we just got to control our effort and just we got to make sure that we're we're trying to get out and and get amongst. Yeah, Nathan Cleary, Jerome white and particularly Matt Burton, um, who put up one of the biggest kicks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> in game, it, it disappeared out of the television screen. That's how big it was for so, a while um, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was gone. Um, it, it almost went higher than the roof over in, uh over <laughs> off the stadium in, in Perth. So, yeah, if he if he's coming in field looking for a kick. Uh, there needs to be a Maroon jersey getting out to him pretty quickly. Yeah, guy,
3: an exciting unknown for you might be um, Jeremiah and I starting.
8: Yeah, it is, and and really happy for, for Jeremiah to get a, a starting jersey. know, um, he, yeah, he was so good last week for the Cowboys. If he can come up with a with a performance like that, yeah. um, that's going to be so good for for Queensland. Um, yeah, so he, he takes a starting spot on that right side. Which has been occupied by Fleece Kafusi. Unfortunately, um, Fleece's you know father quite ill at the moment over in the United States. So we wish him and his family all the very best. But um, I, I think the great thing about Fleece was that you know he was pretty honest with, with Billy um, and and just said straight away, look, you know I'm in no position to, to be coming home, and I don't want you to sort of leave a position vacant for me um, to see what happens. You know, I, want, I want the boys to have the best preparation they can can have. Um, so I think it'll be smart just to leave me out of this squad um, and, and let the boys get on with their preparation. Which yeah. is, yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a very selfless thing to do. Um, but you know, obviously, big picture, there's a there's a lot more important things going on for Lisa at the moment.
1: Exactly right, Cam. Hey, we've run out of time. Really appreciate your time. We, the next time we speak, it will be match day. Uh, enjoy the day at oh, Warwick. You're doing great yeah. things. Good luck, mate. Excellent.
8: Yeah, good. good on you, boys. Thank you.
1: Cam Smith joining us here on Breakfast with Patton Healds on SENQ. It is time for the news with Vanessa. Healds, that was great news. uh, As Vanessa has just mentioned from Cam Smith that... uh Cam Munster is on his way to join them at training in Warwick today. Mm, I was hoping they'd do a public physio session. Remember the old days when they
3: uh, used uh, to do that? Yeah, well he's got <laughs> they've got him in the middle of the local footy club uh, field on the bench and getting getting
1: the shoulder rubbed. <laughs> well, I don't know whether you'd remember going back when I was young, having to do the, the medicals, they'd all have to strip down to their jocks and socks and their speedos or whatever they were wearing, and the doctor would, would give it it was just for the camera. Yeah, you know, Doc a little Roy. check on the shoulders, yeah. Roy Boy, that's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, yeah, just catching up from uh, all things overnight, the, the Joker has survived a really tough five-setter against uh, Yannick Sinner, but he is through to the semi-finals at Wimbledon. And Yannick uh,
3: Sinner is the least Italian-looking person I've seen <laughs> and heard from. Yeah.
1: Exactly right. I know, well, he, he pushed uh, he pushed the joker overnight. There's there's more breaking news on what's happening with uh, Nick Kyrgios at Wimbledon too. I'll talk about that later on because we've, we have got a very special guest on the show this morning. A great announcement yesterday that the Socceroos will be playing their final home game before the World Cup right here at Suncorp Stadium. So Suncorp Stadium, uh, sporting capital of the world right at the moment. We've got the Socceroos coach, Graeme Arnold, joining us. Uh, Graeme great privilege to have you on the show congratulations on what you've done but uh, as you kept saying yesterday at the press conference nothing really achieved yet you want to get there and cause a real stir in Qatar
9: thanks guys yeah it's uh obviously it's it's been a crazy couple of weeks after the game um but um you know it was a great uh overall I was so uh so grateful of the players and the staff during the the difficult times we've had, obviously, through COVID, having to play 16 games out of 20 away from home, and we, we still did it. And so now it's, it really shows me a lot of mental strength and and a lot of belief moving forward.
1: I think that was the most telling statement for me, and you know, I'm, I'm employed in this in the sporting game. When you said, hey, we've been away for 16 of 20, I thought, God, what a performance this is. And, and the qualifying period went over 1,000 days, didn't
9: it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It was uh, you know, when you when you look at them, it a wonderful announcement that we're playing at Suncorp Stadium that uh the friendly we had against Jordan before those two games uh was the first friendly we've been able to have since Timmy Cahill's retirement.
7: Yeah. So
9: it just just shows you how <clears throat> how difficult it was. You know, it was a you know, the third phase we you know normally spans out over eight FIFA windows and you play you know, over probably a year and a half. But because of COVID, we had to jam those 10 games into eight months, nine months. And, uh, you know, so it was, of course, there was those difficulties and everyone's had those difficulties in life and, and you know, uh, everyone. But for me now, it's it's all about what I believe in. And, and that is that, uh, yeah, it was difficult with COVID, but COVID has really helped me connect. A great culture within the within the team of players, because uh, Ian knows better than anyone that uh, when you when you uh, have a great culture of mateship and, and, and brotherhood in the team, then you're prepared to do anything for each other. And being locked down during COVID uh, all around the world, the boys couldn't get off the floor that they uh, that we were staying in unless yeah. we were going to training. the boys had to socialise together in the social room playing, you know. Playfair, uh, F- uh, Xbox, and all those things. You, you, you really build a great uh, family culture of, uh, as I said, brotherhood.
3: Oh, and then if you can put some success into it, and it's no coincidence that you do have success with that attitude, it just becomes so much fun. Uh, have we got? Yeah. Have we got a renewed quality in this generation of uh, socceroo? You know, Kewell, Viduca, Neil, Bresciano, yeah. Swartz,er Kale. You mentioned. What What have we got?
9: Look, and, you know, it's mate, you know, better than anyone, it's hard to, for me, it's always not right to reflect on the past of of certain players, the same as, you know, probably people compared to, or looked at you with Rod Marsh or things like that. It's yep. like generations change, the game changes, and, you know, people talk that we don't have anyone in the top league at the moment, it, it leagues around the world at the moment, that, that can be true, but I believe that, you know, <clears throat> with... Right mentality and the right commitment, the players can do what you know what's expected of, of them over the over certain games. And look, I did the Ollie uh as well uh, for a reason, and that was to bring the to bring the young kids through. Yep. And you know, people can talk about you know success. We went to the Olympics and we beat Argentina two 0 mm-hmm. with a, a young team, young and uh, young. When I say inexperienced team, of, of kids that uh, weren't playing much football in the A-League. And those kids are now, nine of them are gone overseas. Nine of them are playing in leagues overseas in, in Germany and, and Scotland. And instead of playing 26 games a year here in Australia, they'll end up playing 60 games a year. So they're only going to be and get better and better the more you do things. So <clears throat> we have a real good mixture at the moment of young and old, uh, or well, when I say old, yeah, experience
7: experienced. <laughs> um,
9: that, uh, you know, the young ones are tapping them on the shoulder and saying to these experienced players, you know, we want your position, and, and now it's the experienced players that are, you know, fighting back, saying, well, you're not getting it, you have to earn it. So it's a, it's a great um, way of having those boys together.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you're right. It's fantastic. So now in our group, Group C, France, Denmark, Tunisia, yep. and uh, yep. if you made a point yesterday, we've only ever won two games at World Cup. Yep.
9: Two games out of thirteen um, since two thousand and five, and we 're going there to win games like I felt I went to watch in Russia um, and uh, under Bertha Marwak, and I felt watching them play us play France were there for the taking, the French always start slow they, they 're looking at the final game of the tournament, which is the final mm. or the semi final that 's what they 're looking at well we 're looking at the first game and yeah. When I went and watched them in in Russia, you know, I I walked out of that stadium feeling like we went out there trying not to lose, and uh, I don't believe in that way. I believe in always, whenever we go on the pitch, going out uh, to win the game to win the game, and uh, you know I'm so excited because those boys. The, the the difference with this World Cup is there's only seven days preparation uh, before our first game against France <clears throat> and. We've had the experience of uh, playing five of our World Cup qualifiers in Qatar in an air-conditioned stadium mm. on, the, on, a, on a pitch that is quick and, uh, <clears throat> and and we've won all five games. so it's like our home away from home and uh, our boys are very comfortable there. You know France will walk in there on the you know six days, five days before they play us and probably go out with those, those expectations of our oh, Tony Australia will beat them. We'll, we'll be ready. Mentally
3: for them, for sure. Oh, that's unreal. That's perfect. Um, you know, with all the challenges you've had with COVID and then player availabilities early and the travel away, yeah. you, you got the job done, but you really felt some doubters here at home, didn't you? Well,
9: whether they're doubters or uneducated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, like i love watching all sports cricket and that i love watching that alice valkanovsky the other day and what he said straight after his ufc fight you know and it was you know don't let the doubters get you believe in yourself you know that's the aussie way and you know i don't let that affect me um at all i don't read anything i don't read social media i don't do it i don't uh, read australian media most of the time because they've got a lot of it's built on negativity so I like speaking to people like yourself that uh, have done it, been there, done it, played it, experienced the pressure, experienced those moments, and uh, they're the ones that matter to me. And, and as long as my family's healthy and happy and they're not struggling with it and my close mates, are, and I've got some real close mates that are really great support, then I'm
3: fine. Yeah, well, I'd totally. And the reason I ask is my feelings for the Socceroos are uh, that the country is so behind you. It, it, it really galvanises us when a Socceroos test is on. And, uh, like, I hope the team doesn't feel anything but that.
9: Well, I, I'm not putting any negativity against other major sports here in Australia, but, we're you know, football here in Australia is is, is the highest-participated sport at grassroots yep. and junior level, but... We play, our sports played all around the world and some of of our sports here in Australia aren't. But I do believe that every four years, there's two teams that unite the nation uh, completely and and the cricket fans, the the AFL fans, the rugby league fans uh, all come to watch and are all obsessed with the Socceroos at World Cups and the Matildas at at World Cups. And, you know, during COVID especially, that uh, our country got divided. And we, you know, New South Wales was hating Victoria, and Victoria was hating Queensland, and <laughs> Queensland was hating Perth, and we are all over the place, but I truly believe, I truly believe now um, that uh, this is a great way to reunite our country. Wow. And... Uh, and get us back together. Yeah, not for,
1: not for just one more week, Graham. We hate New South Wales for one more week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate, well, I hate, I hate
9: Queensland for one more
1: <laughs> week. <laughs> I expected that. <laughs> hey, listen, just very quickly, you've been so generous with your yeah. time. Uh, do you think Tom no. Rogerts will be part of your campaign? Well,
9: mate, I, 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 uh, I, I've got to speak to Tommy. Um, yep. You know, he's obviously pulled out with personal reasons and uh, – you know, I'm always here to support him for those personal reasons because uh, everyone has a personal life as well. So, first and foremost, I'm here for Tommy Rogic, uh, the person, and uh, then we will have a chat about the football side.
1: Brilliant. Great to talk to you, mate. Really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, you can expect a really, really big crowd at Suncorp on September 22.
9: Oh, mate. Well, just before I go, let's hope, uh, let's expect that uh, we get a great crowd because it's a great opportunity to celebrate hundred years of the Socceroos, and you know when you look at a hundred years, we've only ever capped about 623 players, so it's an average of six players a year. Uh, a chance for the fans to say bye bye and good luck and all the best to the boys, and uh, and finally, it's a great opportunity, last opportunity for the players to get their, their to get their name on the sheet of you know, the selection sheet of paper to go to the World Cup. Hey. That would be a great uh, evening. Done.
1: All I've got, done. I've got no doubt Queensland sports fans will come out in droves. Graeme Arnold, thanks very much. Thanks, Graeme. Thanks, guys. Thanks. 8.44 here, Breakfast with Patton Hills on SENQ.
2: For Imar Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Try all new
1: Makes mode today and lad broke it together. But remember, gamble responsibly. Tommy Hackett, let's get straight down into it. Nick Kyrgios, Christian Garren tonight at Wimbledon.
0: It's been very good support here for Nick Kyrgios. You look at the Ludbrox bet tickets, packed full of bets for Kyrgios, not just to win, but to potentially win in straight sets as well. So he's a $1.25 favorite Kyrgios. Christian Guerin is $3.90. If you're looking at back Kyrgios straight sets, he's $2.38 to win three, love. He's three seventy to win three, one, and $6 to win another five setter. So uh, the market is suggesting Nick Kyrgios is going to make his maiden Grand Slam semi-final.
1: Yeah, Brett Phillips is saying that he reckons he can win it in straight sets. What about Ila Tomljanovic?
0: Tomljanovic is the outsider here against Elena, Elena Rubikina. She's two dollars fifty. Tomljanovic dollar fifty. Rubikina. I think it's really good value here for Tomljanovic, as I've been saying. She's just got a game that's so well suited to grass. She's got a great record at Wimbledon. I really don't think there's as much between these two as the market suggests. I've been backing Tom Yanovich myself the whole way through the tournament. I'll be backing her again here at the 250.
3: Well, they reckon Taylor Fritz might be a handful for Rafael Nadal too, Tommy.
0: Completely agree here, Heels. I think Taylor Fritz is one of the most exciting young players on the tour. Rafael Nadal has looked very good during Wimbledon today, and we, we still him not the game a match at a, a Grand Slam this year. But he's a dollar thirty five favorite. I think Taylor Fritz can push him. I'm not necessarily saying Fritz can win, but I really like this game to go uh, quite deep. So if you're looking for a bet this one, I don't mind uh, Rafael to win three one at three seventy or Rafael to win three two at five fifty. So I'm mm. confident that Fritz can at least take a set here.
1: Now, Tommy, we time just quickly to get to the uh, cricket because the second test, uh, they've had a couple of extra days off after they cleaned up the second innings of Sri Lanka in twenty-two overs. So it's Australia v Sri Lanka, same venue, I'm
0: uh, With the Aussies in a big way, we saw a lot of bets for the draw last test. Now it's all about the Aussies. They're into a dollar ninety-one after uh, that dominant first test performance. Sri Lanka's three twenty-five. The draw is four dollars. All the money coming for with live brokes for the
1: Aussies. So, Hills, can we see much of a difference in the wicket? Uh, I don't think
3: the wicket will be much different. I think they'll probably make it a little more consistent. The, Sri Lanka have picked three debutants. They haven't played Test cricket, but only one of them will probably play, a Welagagi. But Cameron Green doing really well for Australia. Um, I, I, yeah, it's rare that Sri Lanka uh, makes so many changes in a home series. So well, Australia are on top there for sure.
1: Tommy, thank you very much. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Tommy. Ladbroker, together with Mate's Mode, the better way to chat, share and bet together. But remember, please gamble responsibly. This is Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ. We'll be back
2: to wrap up the show right after this. For IMR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imr.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. 8.57
1: on the show it is. Uh, We're time ticking away before we uh, wrap it up for today, but time ticking away for you two to enjoy our very, very
2: exciting competition. SENQ's Rookie Recruit. Your chance to be part of the SENQ commentary team in a private suite at Suncorp for the decider.
1: But you will join the commentary team of uh, Mark Braybrook and Scotty Sattler calling home the Queenslanders in the decider next Wednesday. But what we'd like you to do is just record yourself calling some of a game, only around 15 or 20 seconds, and then tag us on Instagram or Facebook at SEN Queensland, so S-E-N-Q-L-D, or email us, Patton Hills, one word, dot at sen.com.au, or you can call in tomorrow live. 13, 13, 55, and Hills has said he will mark that very highly if you call in live.
3: Well, there's a greater degree of difficulty. Yep, it's it's hard. The pressure. Yeah, it's pressure. Doesn't sound, doesn't feel great. You you're holding back your voice, whereas if you've got adrenaline pumping at the game, you know it just flows. So it's. Yep, good degree of difficulty. Live
1: just before we go, let me give you a very quick uh, update on the curious situation. His legal team has released a statement in the last hour or so. Today's media headline that Mister Curios has been charged is inaccurate. Mm. At the present time, the allegations are not considered as fact by the court, and Mister Curios is not considered charged with an offence until the first appearance. There's quite a deal of legal ease there yeah, as well.
3: Can, he's going to face charges uh, yeah. in August, so. I just hope he can get through the the media storm that's going to be around him all day and and still keep a a focus on this game.
1: Well, they're saying he was approached by reporters, which uh, Brett informed us of when we spoke to Brett Phillips this morning after he practised at Wimbledon. On Tuesday, their time, he didn't answer any of the questions but was overheard to say to one of his team, I feel like I'm in the last dance, appearing to reference a scene from the Michael Jordan documentary when he was surrounded by a large contingent of media. Yep. So, yes, curious Jew on court tonight for his... Not sure how we're going to do it tonight, Paddy.
3: It's a bit late, isn't it, yeah, if it's going to be 11 and 12 o'clock, but uh, we
1: might set the alarm and just see how he goes. We may have to rely on and, highlights. And Isla. And let's hope that, uh, that Brett is right, that uh, both the Aussies are a big chance of advancing through to a Grand Slam semi-final. Wouldn't that be wonderful that news would be great. to wake up to tomorrow morning? We will be back uh, at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Special guest, the England coach, Eddie Jones. Yes, righto, the rugby England coach. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Matty White is next here. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll speak again tomorrow, 6am. Bye.